Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And happy Friday Eve from the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl Cherry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's 7 o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Okay, I am well, well aware now. And now... Uh, opening Drive Nation will be well aware that Carrie Davis got a great night's sleep. Listen, oh, did you? I, Randy, you know one of my favorite movies is is uh, My Cousin Vinny. Uh, hello. <laughs> you remember the scene where he was sleeping in the hotel and it was too loud and he was in the other hotel it was trains going by. Then he slept in jail the night and he went to he went to court the next morning. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? That, that, that's me. I, I slept like a baby. I am well. I, I'm present I today. Like this. Oh my I'm gosh. Ready. This yeah. is nice. What about you, Brooke? Uh, no, I had the exact opposite thing happen, so I'm intrigued. Please tell me how you made this work. Please. What time? Like, everything. I, I fell asleep. I was watching TV and just fell asleep at, like, 7.30. And I was like, I Turn woke up. baseball. At, That'll do it. I, just, well, yeah, it happens. I woke up at, like, 8.15. I was like, oh, I guess I need to get in the shower. Got in the shower. I was like, okay. I'll, and went right back to sleep. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm out. 8.30. Out. Proud like a baby. Wow. That is amazing. Okay, so I need to hear the opposite story. Uh, no, I, I'm still, and I was thinking about bringing this up in our next segment, but I'm still trying to figure out the right formula for sleep when it comes to this new schedule mm-hmm. for me after working evenings for 10 years of my career, essentially. Um, I still haven't figured out. I took too long of a day nap yesterday. It was one of those naps where you wake up and you're like, oh, uh, what day is it? Did, what, did I miss like a show? Like, is this tomorrow? Like, what is going on? It's 6 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh my God, what happened? Um, and then I just threw everything off, and I woke up like two hours for my alarm this morning. So, you know, this it it's fine. So you know, I'll need like three cups of coffee. It's okay. Even better than usual, prepared Brooke Ridley this well, morning. Well. We've got Blues hockey tonight here on 101 ESPN. They take on the Blackhawks. I don't think Connor Bedard will probably play. 7.30 with the action, 6.30 with the pregame with Alex Ferrario and Joe Vitale here on 101 ESPN. Craig Berube, three preseason games under this team's belt what do they need to do going forward i think we gotta get it off quicker um get it through and you know it's about puck recoveries then and getting it back and attacking again and that's what it's all about for the blues attack they're gonna they're gonna be as uh they used to say in 2019 they're gonna be hunting and they're a big squad and hopefully Connor bedard is playing 
for the you, big hunt. You keep saying that. You want to. You want to. I want our big fellows to go get him. Say welcome to the NHL, buddy. Scare him. Is <laughs> yeah. that what you're bit, wanting? Bit, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I know the Blackhawks did get too many nice things, and I'm still a little bothered by that, including Panger. I, I'm still <laughs> trying to get over that, but also getting Bedard that hurts too. Yeah, it would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been. And then for them to get, because the league is fixed, but we, we won't get into that here. <laughs> You're a conspiracy theorist? Oh, big time. I believe it. Really? It, was, it was too weird. Yeah. It's too weird. There's only one well, team. Drafts. There's only one team getting Bedard in the entire draft lottery that would have benefited the league greatly, and it's that one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It was convenient. It sure was. I don't believe in coincidences. So, and they'll win as many championships <laughs> as the Knicks did with Patrick Ewing. Uh, tonight on Amazon Prime, Lions and Packers, Thursday night football. Enjoy that. And the Cardinals play their final road game of the season today. They take on the Milwaukee Brewers at Ameri- is it American Family Park? It used to be Miller Park. American Family Field? American Family Field. Okay. Uh, that's where it is. American mm. Family Insurance. <laughs> Last night, the Brewers knocked off the Cardinals 3-2. What happened? Uh, what happened there? Uh, oh. Well, uh, it was just it, it was not a great performance on the part of your Cardinals, who are now sixty nine and eighty nine on the season. That's seventy nine, <laughs> eighty nine, ninety nine. That would be or no, sixty nine. They're right, sixty nine, seventy. Oh, they're only twenty, 20 games under. Twenty <laughs> games under five hundred. That's terrible. Randy. It's bad. It's, it's it's been. We got a lot to talk about, I guess, with the Cardinals. There are some some things that were said, some some questions that are being asked, and some some things that need to be answered, and some folks need to need to come to the forefront and say what's going on. I like that idea. I don't know, maybe because we saw that so many times this season, yeah. Cee oh, yeah. and Randy. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. True. You know, yeah, I, I agree. Just being fully transparent what's with that? everything. That would I don't be know. good. Zach Thompson goes five and a third last night. He allows two runs. He strikes out five, walks one. He allowed five hits and more and more. And I know it's just five and a third, but that's baseball now. Zach Thompson is cementing himself as a starter for the 2024 team. That's a problem. <laughs> if he's your number five starter, you're okay. You're not that okay. That means Steven Matz is your four. Miles Michaelis is your three. Yeah, that's problem. And who's your two and your okay, one? Okay, you're right. That's a problem. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm just asking. Yeah. Because we were we were told that there would be three new starters. Based, that number keeps it does change dwindling. Yeah. Based on the last couple of months, if you were going to, and I know this is an early start, but if you were going to put the pitchers in order. I would have Zach Thompson ahead of Miles Michaelis. Would you guys? Just based on what you've seen over the last here. couple of months, yeah. Yeah, we were just basing it on the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know that Miles Michaelis had a great outing sound? last. You time. sound like a Velociraptor <laughs> over there. Are you okay? You didn't what like was that. that? Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. And I'm it, about that. <laughs> I didn't know if it was my sleep paralysis demon coming out. <laughs> oh my god, you sleep paralysis? <laughs> I don't know. You know when you don't get enough sleep and you start seeing things. Uh. It's typically normal right it's mm-hmm. it's fine um yeah zach thompson i think is very encouraging but cd to your point i've been saying this is that you still need to go three starting pitchers and john mosaic even said even if somebody performs well during the second half of the season after they made those moves at the trade deadline that they would still need to be aggressive i want that to still stand because you felt a certain way about going to this season and you need to just have some depth because injuries are likely to happen. And I think that Zach Thompson is a great option. You never know what happens during the course of the season. You still need three starting pitchers. And 
I love Stephen Metz, the guy, friend of the show. Yes. But I can't count on Stephen Metz to be healthy. No, that's fair. So I have to go out and get at least three starters. Mm-hmm. I know I've, I'm locked into Miles, and I'm fine with being locked into one of my kids, whether it's Thompson, Hudson, Libertor, whomever, as your number five. But I do need three starting pitchers. I do. I just feel like I got bad news for you all. What's that? It ain't going to happen. Three because he said likely five. more recently. It does keep changing the, it, the words around it. Because it's financially not going to happen. I mean, where are you going to go get to unless one of them is via trade? Yep, they're they're that, still in season. There's a potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But are you willing to, because we know the person that is more than likely going to be gone, if you do that, it's going to be mm-hmm. Nolan Gorman. And I, I, maybe Jordan Walker. I don't think it would be Jordan Walker. No. But maybe. No. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. That would be I don't crazy. Know. It would be. But do you? can you say with 100% certainty that you know what's going to happen in 2024? In terms of who's going to be a position player starting every day. Hell, we don't even know who the catcher is. And we thought we figured mm-hmm. that out for, for 2023. We signed a guy. Mm-hmm. Signed him to a pretty hefty contract. Supposed to be the everyday catcher. We don't know if he's going to be catching every day. So we don't know who's going to be behind the plate. We don't know who's going to be at second base. We don't know who's going to be in the outfield. We don't know who's going to be on the mound. Only thing we know is your first baseman and third baseman. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. Maybe your shortstop. Hopefully. You're right, Fielder. Again. But things with change. With 100% certainty. I would say 99% certainty. Okay, 99%. So you know your first baseman, your third baseman, yeah. your right fielder, and your shortstop? Mm-hmm. How many other positions are there out there? Uh, five, five more? Yeah, five. Do you know who's going to be at where? No. It, okay. No. So yeah. that's what happens when you're 20 games under 500. Exactly. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah, and last night was not good. I know it's not the defense that we are going to see moving forward, but what in the world was that, guys, last night? Because Zach Thompson, <laughs> yeah. I felt so bad for him. That was not even – could you even categorize that as, like, Little League? Or I don't even know about just how sloppy that all transpired uh, Transpired yeah, later on in that uh, game. I, I would say that there were some mental mistakes there that happen in Little League, but once you get to, like, junior high – yeah, probably go no cutoff man, and then you had mm-hmm. the whole Luke and Baker and Yvonne Herrera situation. Mm-hmm. What was that? Was that just mental errors or what? For me, that's with the young games players, under 500 with four games left in the season. That's I know, what it but is. these young players, that's those are really really big moments when you're trying to figure out how you're going to fit into this 2024 picture. When we're talking about all these conversations of who's going to be where, when somebody makes an act of omission on the Cardinals, how often do they sit? Uh. <laughs> Tyler O'Neill did, didn't he? Yeah. That was early that in the season. That was the one. Yeah. That was the one. Did Wilson Contreras sit? Uh, no. Well, he, not, because, not through an act of omission, though. Yeah. Not because of a mistake. Mm. You know, a mental mistake. Yeah. Sometimes playing time is a really valuable asset mm-hmm. for a manager. And if you take it away, then the player gets a message. I don't know if that'll happen here. <laughs> what, what was what was Avon Herrera doing? I don't know. It was. Yeah. I was so confused. It's like yeah. he thought something else was happening in what that was moment. He doing? Yeah. I don't even know that he touched home plate. No, he didn't. It, not that it no. would have mattered, but I, I don't know that he did. Yeah. It's like he didn't see. Yeah. It looks like he didn't see the runner. Was, I didn't. I don't know. His it was face weird. Like he was bewildered too, right? Why yeah. did you throw it home? <laughs> Even the runners paused for a second. Like, Why are you coming to me? It was so confusing. I don't know what's going on here, but you shouldn't throw the ball here. And like I said, I feel bad for Zach Thompson because that was a great outing for the was, for yeah. him. And then for the defense to just really do two weird things like that. 
What do you, what can you even say? Like, I know he spoke to the media afterwards, but you know in his mind he's like, I didn't do whatever you saw that right. just happened yeah. in this game where <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, Saturday night, City Park, the hated Sporting KC in town. And yes. another opportunity for St. Louis City SC to pad their lead in the Western Conference. I hope that our fans are friendly to the visiting Kansas City fans. But I hope they're loud and boisterous in support of City SC. I think I know they, they will be. be. I think they will be. I think they will be very classy. It will be fun because this is going to be huge because if they win against Sporting KC, then they can clinch home field in the first round of the playoffs right. for City SC. So I assume it's going to be a very, very fun environment. But this is a really huge game. And I liked what I saw in that last win with City SC. I know that we had Carnell on earlier this week and he mentioned that some people didn't like the fact that, you know, it wasn't just like you're starting 11 and that you had, what was it, eight guys that were changed in and out. But to me, I think that that showcased their depth. And that's encouraging moving forward. I think when you have had as many injuries as they've had and you have the opportunity to let multiple guys play, it does nothing but make your team better. Um, Now your bench is stronger because they've had that opportunity to Mm -hmm. be on the field, on the pitch, excuse me. Uh, And they are, you know, they're doing a fantastic (laughs) job as, as far as growing and building their team and becoming stronger. So. I think it's been a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. You never want to have injuries, but when you did have those injuries to still be playing at a high level, I think it's made their team stronger. Yeah, you want guys who are able to step up and take the make the most of that opportunity. I think that's what you saw in that last game. So go SC on Saturday night with Sporting KC in time. <laughs> uh, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. I think we got everything covered there. Coming up next, we've got uh, here's what we got coming up on the show. I'll tell you that first. We've got NHRA driver Robert Height. His all time record. Let me get this. I th- he's gone like three hundred and thirty nine miles an hour in a car. I know somebody that went like one hundred and nine. <laughs> she thinks she's the coolest thing in the world. But no, it's uh, no. The, 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 he went three hundred and thirty nine point eight seven miles an hour in Snowman twenty seventeen. Robert Height drove that fast. He's going to join us coming up at seven thirty. No Greg Amzinger today. He will be with us tomorrow. And then Blues Insider Jeremy Rutherford's also going to join us at. 9.15. So that's what we have coming up. And uh, interesting comments in the 8 o'clock hour from our own Brad Thompson. So we're going to discuss that as well on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Watching on the YouTube, and you should be, by the way. Just go to YouTube.com and type in uh, 101 ESPN STL, and you can watch us on the YouTube. You can see our face. But uh, I forgot to tell you that uh, we have sick of it right now, and you need to text us. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. If you want to participate in sick of it. Kids, the Atlanta Braves have won 101 games. I want to give you some numbers here. You like numbers? Sure. Sure. Here's numbers. Matt Olson has played in 157 games. Ozzie Albies, 143. Orlando RC, 135. Austin Riley, 154. Eddie Rosario, 137. Michael Harris, the second, 134. Ronald Acuna Jr., Jr., 40-70 guy, uh, 154 games. Their DH Marcelo Zuna, 139 games. I'm tired of Atlanta having all of their guys be able to play all the time. I wonder what that is. All right, what, what type of <laughs> metrics are they using over there? You, you play your players... You win a lot of games. You have a guy who is a 40, 70 player, first time ever in the history of 
Major League Baseball. W- what type of logic are they using? Randy, that, that's the dumbest thing I have ever seen in my it's life. Why dumb. would they do that? Well, we, we here in St. Louis got it figured it out. Figured yeah. out. You'd think so. You'd think so. <laughs> we don't play our well, guys like no, that. Oh, no. But clearly, one of the things that Atlanta did during the offseason got themselves a back doctor. Oh, oh. About, about a week back. That. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, no, it's been a while since you guys have been able yeah. to do that one. Yeah. So uh, I'll let it pass. Everybody's but... on the IL. Yeah, everybody's hurt with a back injury. <laughs> so they had it ah, about a week back. <laughs> What it's, are it's, they doing? Atlanta? That, yes. I mean, yeah. it seems a lot of things right, obviously, but what are they doing to keep everybody so healthy? It's amazing. It's it got to really be is. beyond luck. That, that's, uh, that is amazing. There's got to be a lot of work that's yep. put into that we behind got some the scenes, guys. too. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt has played, what's that, 152? That's Nolan, one. 144. Tommy Edmond, 132. Wilson Contreras is for or 125. Mm. And then, then we got, then we're. we're we go down. Yeah. You got nobody else over 100. Everybody in their starting nine. And by the way, the catchers, Platoon, Dardo, and Murphy, they haven't had injuries all year. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. So I'm sick of us not having that. Wow. <laughs> this is, I guess we can't have nice intriguing. things. These numbers are amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah, you know what? You know what I'm sick of? And I I, I may be in the minority here. I, I'm sick of... Uh, you are. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know what you're doing here. I know what you're doing here. <laughs> oh, I see what you... Carrie, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I am. I am. Oh, man. <laughs> I never really <laughs> uh, I'm sick of Swifty and Kelsey. Oh, no, I'm sick no. of it, man. Oh. I'm sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I don't need to hear any more about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. It's it's bad. You know the 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 Kelsey and Swift I want to hear about. They're play play for the Eagles. Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. Uh-huh. That's the Swift and, and Kelsey I want to well, hear about. Those two, the center and the running back, they're playing really well. I, I, have I don't some bad need no- to hear about Taylor and Travis anymore. I, I have some bad news for What's you. What's up? What's up? Uh, the game of the week this week, Sunday yeah, night yes. at New York. The Chiefs at the Jets, and she's going to be there. Oh, my. I don't have anything against Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey. I just don't need to. Like, my my entire Yahoo uh, search is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, what they did, where they went, where they ate. The the Twitter feed, X feed is all about. uh, Who needs to hear that? I got a question for you, because I was having this conversation with somebody last week. I would, on Sunday nights, and this is like greatest show on turf era, I would go to the Applebee's up here, <laughs> and inevitably, I'd see two or three guys with their families. What did you do after games? Did you go out with teammates? If you had the family around, obviously. If my family was in town, we went out to eat. Just but go, go grab something yeah, to eat. Yeah. If my family was in town. If I wasn't, I was either, we'd either go, oh, Randy, we, <laughs> we, were, we were outside. <laughs> okay, we'd go find some food, yeah. and then we would go uh, hang out. Yeah, yeah, hang out. Yeah. yeah, and that I that happened. It's because during the Raiders on turf, Wash Ave was was hopping, and you were yeah. you know guys were okay, yeah. and they, they mm-hmm. had you know rooms for those guys and Good stuff. But it was it was interesting how, especially the family guys, uh, like there was a Fridays up here and then Applebee's, and you know they would just be hanging out after wins, and that was just the sort of group. A lot of those guys, not that they didn't party. But a lot of those guys were big-time yeah. family people. Well, yeah. everybody is, but they were big-time family people. Mm, yeah. I think the older you get, the more you... When you're younger... They weren't inviting Taylor Swift at that point. Nah. Nah, no. But, so, I, mean, the, the, I think the closest we came was uh, 
Jason Seahorn when Angie Harmon was here okay. for games. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, uh, Brooke, we had Jason Seahorn for like half a season. And in his last game as a St. Louis Ram, double overtime against the Carolina Panthers, and Steve Smith basically stomps on his back on his way to a 65-yard <laughs> touchdown double overtime. I so I, I bought a $2.99 Jason Seahorn jersey, and then I put some black paint on a uh, piece of newspaper, and I stepped on the black paint, and then I stepped on the back of the 42, and then I signed it Steve Smith. Oh, my oh God. man. <laughs> and I wore it around a little bit for Jason Seahorn. This is, it's a great love story, CD. You know, I mean, um, I just really mm-hmm. like their style, and I feel like you should just leave like a blank space in your heart for I, this I, T I, Swift I, and I'm, Kelsey couple. I, I mean, look at what they're making you do. They're getting yeah. you, you know, upset and riled up. They don't want this bad blood between, have, you know, yeah, you guys. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know they it's say, not a you, cruel summer. This is a love story. But you know what? Oh. Ultimately, oh. she's going to wind up with tears on her guitar, right? Oh. <laughs> you just have to shake it off. And, you and, know? And, hey, listen, as we learned with Carrie earlier in the week, sometimes, but, you know, haters are just going to hate, hate, hate. Yeah. 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 You know what, though? Maybe they'll find out. Maybe eventually she'll say, you belong with me. <laughs> There's going to be some bad blood between those two. If she's going to a Jets game at MetLife Stadium <laughs> mm-hmm. against the Chiefs, she's got to be fearless, right? Oh, yeah, she has to be. I mean, everybody just needs to calm down. It's fine. You know, this is this is a great story, and I think everybody's ready for it. Right? I don't I think guess. I don't know. No? Okay. Well, my sick of it is people who don't like T-Swift and Kelsey. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. I, I get it. I There's part of me that understands because I think it, it has taken over a lot of things. Is it an interesting America. story? Yes. But she is America's sweet so sweetheart. I think it's a it's an interesting story. Now there's like these photos coming out of like I guess they went out afterwards and T Swift had her arm around Kelsey at like this they rented out a restaurant. So there's like more and more stuff coming out of it. It's it's very interesting to see that play out. Um, so maybe that's what I'm sick of. I want people you know to what? just enjoy. What is enjoy he, what this. Is, what is how is the season gonna go for the for the Chiefs? When Taylor tells him, we are never getting back together. Ever, well, ever, 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 ever. Well, how is it going to go? Getting back then? together. It's I'm... not going to go well. And I'm more concerned about the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm, yeah. They're trying to win another Super Bowl here. If yeah. anything, I think it's like it's. they seemed fine. I mean, that was a great game for them, essentially. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. He'll be fine. They'll be fine, I think. Can they start placing? Is there bets on FanDuel on how uh, long this will last? I'm being serious. uh, Bovada. Really? Bovada puts lines up for anything and everything. I'll see if I can find it for you. Mm. I'm sick of this warm weather this week. No. What? Why are you doing? Winter, stay away as long as possible. It's coming. It's Uh, it's about a week away. Odds of uh, Swifty to be pictured attending a Chiefs game while (laughs) sitting next to Brittany Mahomes, minus 120. No. Swift and Kelsey to announce they had had a relationship and then separated by the end of 2024, minus 110. <laughs> uh, Swifty to be interviewed by the Kelsey brothers on New Heights in 2023, plus 200. Ooh, that's a good one, uh, I feel like. Swifty that's a good one. You don't think so? That's uh, I think it's great. Uh, Swifty or Kelsey to announce the other cheated during their relationship by the end of 2024, plus 300. Uh, Swifty to appear on a Jackson Mahomes TikTok in 2023, plus 300. Oh, don't take that don't one. Take that That's one. a bad one. Swifty to release a single she confirms has been written about Travis Kelsey by the end of 24, plus 1,500. That's too early. Uh, yeah, that's a little too early. By the end of 25, I take that 
I'd, I'd put my more. I'd put a mortgage on it. Mm. 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 Uh, Kelsey to be pictured attending a Swifty concert by the end of 2024, minus 400. Uh, let's see. And I think there was one more. No, that's about it. Don't you like how you said you were sick of this and then now we're giving you that's prop bets we, for this yep, relationship? I didn't expect to go <laughs> by. Okay. 2023 engagement plus 800. 2023 pregnancy plus 2,000. Oh, what? Okay. All right. All right. It's a bit that's much. A, that's a little much. You got odds on it, though. You got money on it. It's a bit much. Well, 2023, yeah, that ain't going to... We're... Nothing is going to be announced, right? In October, yeah. November, December, right? No. No. Tra- now you know. Traffic on 6440. I'm sick of it. Oh, come on it's now. Let's, t- let's take a look at it. Okay, let's just. Oh, there oh, we go. We're having anything, huh? As we look down at 6440, we can tell you that it's, it's pretty clear. You should be glad that you don't live in Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., Houston, Atlanta. Uh, we don't have traffic in St. Louis except for that little area before. But I'm seeing it now here from the helicopter. That little area right before Big Bend as we go eastbound on. 6440. But just be careful out there and uh, you know what? Enjoy the show as uh, you tune in to the opening drive. I'm Captain Randy Carricker. I'm 101 ESPN Jet Copter 2. <laughs> I'm sick of back puns, T Swift puns, Yahoo, and construction on 55. Wow, those you are went a one lot. for four there, champ. Wow. What are the four? Again, back puns. Fun. T-Swift puns. Fun. uh, Yo-ho. Fun. And construction on 55. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, you went one for four. Yeah, one for four. Yeah, you're a solid solid player in the MLB. Who doesn't like the puns? I love the puns. How about you, CD? I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that uh, Kelsey is able to play on Sunday night. I heard he's got a little injury. A little back. When 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 did that happen? About a week back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just what that texture likes. Just <laughs> so, what you needed. You guys might not. I I know you don't all remember this. We had a guy on X named Joel Bushbaum. He was the preeminent draft expert. He was the best. One time, uh, I was doing a show with Joel, and somebody called in and asked about Steve Savard, who's playing up at what, mm-hmm. Missouri Western, and he had the rundown on Steve Savard. But there was a running back that was drafted by the Colts, I believe, out of Texas A&M. And uh, somebody called in and asked Joel about him. And he had tremendous physical ability. But Joel said of him, unfortunately, he's not quite as swift upstairs as he is downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yep. And uh, yeah, that wound up absolutely being the case. He, He could run. Uh, we had we had guys like that that could run. Trunk, well, no, Trunk wasn't stupid. He was just, Trunk could. He's kind of heartless. Wouldn't. Yeah, Trunk could run though. He could run. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think about guys. Marty Gilliard. He could run. Yeah, but not quite as swift upstairs as he was downstairs. <laughs> also, not as swift downstairs as you originally thought he was going to be. I, no, he uh, wasn't as fast as. Not yeah. nearly. Yeah. No. He he ended up being. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was quickness. kind of a bust. Good yeah. fisherman though. Should have been a pro fisherman. Yeah. Uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk some NHRA drag racing with Robert Height. He's going to be in studio, and he's going to be at Worldwide Technology Raceway this weekend. He's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hetman Lumber. 
warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And the NHRA dragsters are going to be in town at Worldwide Technology Raceway this weekend. We're looking forward to that. And joining us here in studio is Robert Height, who's the current points leader. Three wins and five final rounds this year on the NHRA Camping World Circuit. Robert, great to have you with us. Thanks for the time this morning. How are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me, guys. So how's that Camaro running this year? It's it's running really good, and it's actually at the right time because uh, this is the third race in the countdown, and uh, we're we're doing well. It's we're hitting on all cylinders right now. We struggle. We yeah. We struggled <laughs> struggled a little early on in the year, and it's kind of opposite of how I how I did last year. I was really good in the in the regular season, and then we we fell off a little in the in the final part of the season so it's the perfect time and love coming to st louis you know i've always said uh, i think st louis has the best fans whether it be motorsports you know i love going to cardinals games and those those fans are just so passionate about baseball and and everything you know they'll even cheer on you know when the other team makes a great play you don't see that all across Mm -hmm. the country so love coming to st louis cool i always love learning about people's background and what gets them into their sport and just looking at your you know your history and what got you here you went from crewman to world champs so just tell us about that journey yeah it's it's uh really kind of unorthodox most most everybody goes and you know they race other classes and, and work their way up i never had that luxury i i started working on the cars and honestly that's probably how i got to where i'm at because understanding these things and and knowing what's going on at all times during you know during a run that's that's how i ended up having to learn to drive so um i think it really helps to know and understand the race cars and you know sometimes i still like to get my hands dirty with the guys and and work on my car robert talk to us about how important that crew those crew members are we we always look at the drivers and and how uh how much pressure they're under but how much pressure are the crew members under to make sure that that car is running properly properly honestly i think in nhra drag racing i think it's probably 70 percent car and 30 percent driver Mm -hmm. whereas other forms it might be more heavy toward the driver and so those crew guys are really have a lot of work to do and to do it consistently every time that's the name of the game you know to be consistent and have a car that'll go up and run you know when within a few hundredths of a second every single run and then you know we tear these things apart every single run every you know 
part gets completely rebuilt mm. and we can usually do that in you know 30 to 40 minutes so those crew guys they they earn their money mm. and they're the reason we win the NHRA Midwest Nationals tomorrow through Sunday over at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Tickets still available at www.raceway.com. Okay, Robert, so your all-time top speed is 339.87 miles an hour. That was back in 2017 at Sonoma. When you're going 335, 339 miles an hour, do you actually see what's going by? What, what do you see when you're going that fast? No, you're 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 not looking around. I, I promise you that. <laughs> you're you're looking right down the middle of the track, and truthfully, at the finish line, you can't tell a run between thir- three. 330 and 339. You really can't tell the difference. Uh, but where you can really tell it is in the middle of the racetrack when the clutch is coming and that's, you see the most G's, you know, it's about six G's and it sets you back in the seat. <laughs> wow. And when, when it does that, you know, boy, this thing, if it, if it sticks and it doesn't smoke the tires, it's going to be on a good one. And so that's really when I can tell. And you hear the engine too. You can hear the engine revving up. And if it, that's a great sound, it's happy. Uh, you're going to run big speed but it's not like you know you're out for a sunday drive and you're just looking around saying wow 339 is fast (laughs) (laughs) how do you you handle that sound do you have uh, obviously have headphones on but it's that that's really really a loud vehicle too It, it is it is loud and even for the fans you know uh you know the fans that come out if they've never been to a race and only seen it on TV, you've, you've got to come check it out because TV doesn't do it justice. Mm-hmm. It tests all of your senses. You know, you you can feel these cars going down the racetrack. I mean, it, the ground shakes. So, and, and it's loud. Bring, bring air protection. And how big is this for you going into this weekend? What's at stake for you points-wise? So I have a I have the points lead right now, but not by a lot. We we need to come out of here with a bigger points lead than we have, and really we need to win this race. So we're the defending champs of this race, and we need to win again and and keep the pressure on the other cars. There's a lot of good competition. There's really you know six to eight cars in the funny car class that can win any weekend and win a championship. So uh, we got to keep the pressure on and stay consistent and go rounds. And also there was an interesting story that happened with you here in 2018 it seemed like that was a win for you but then there was a lot that led up to that what was that experience like yeah that was probably the craziest run I've ever made uh, it was the final round I was racing Tim Wilkerson and uh, I I knew the car wasn't totally right going down the racetrack but I couldn't see him you know it's it's the countdown it's for a win and I stuck with it and right at the finish line it blew up I did get the win but uh, it launched the body, you know, hit the scoreboard, and then uh, I was kind of along for the ride, broke my collarbone, and had to go to the hospital. But uh, two weeks later, I was back in a car in Dallas because it's the countdown, and you want to win the championship, and we won again. So, uh, so you're driving with a broken collarbone. Yep. Wow. Yep. What are your pre-race rituals? Like, what are the, some of the things that you do to prepare yourself going into a race? I try to uh, just I try to get my head in the game by by listening to what's going on on the racetrack. You mm-hmm. know, cars that are running in front of us are they running good? Are they having troubles? Listening to my crew chiefs on the radio. Uh, we have a track specialist out there that's giving us track numbers and temperatures. So if I I get my head in the game and kind of know what I'm up against when when I get in my car and, and it's time to go. I have one more question because you talked about the all of the senses that take place when you're at a race. What is you talked about the G force? What does that feel like on your body when you are hitting 339 miles an hour? 
it's uh, you know, it's so six times the weight the weight of your body. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. And I mean, it just feels like this car will never quit pulling. Yeah, it just sets you back in the seat. And you know, I I got to. It's not sustained because we're only racing for four seconds. Mm-hmm. But I got to go up, you know, with the Blue Angels, and yeah. we we hit eight G's, Oof. and that's insane. You know? <laughs> and sustained G's like that, you'll you'll black out. Yeah. So it, it's it's pretty crazy, um, but you know, to do to do what we do in in four seconds, and you know, in thousand feet. It's pretty impressive. It's incredible. And the NHRA Midwest Nationals here in St. Louis at Worldwide Technology Raceway this weekend, tomorrow through Sunday. And you can get tickets now at WWTRaceway.com and see those vehicles that are going 330, 335 miles an hour. It's incredible. Can't believe what you do. And thanks for stopping by to see us. Thanks for having us. Hope to see you guys out there this weekend. You bet. That's Robert Height, NHRA Funny Car Driver, with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399. 9646-314-399. Yo ho! We've got Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! For Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Okay, kids, uh, we have uh, counterparts in Milwaukee at ESPN 94.5. This morning, you've got the Packers playing tonight against the Detroit Lions. You've got the Central Division champion Brewers taking on the Cardinals. But Take It or Leave It, the focus at 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee this morning is the Milwaukee Bucks. Take it. Ooh, yes. I'm going to take that. a big trade that. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was. Yeah, how about that? So it, all this stuff going on. I mean, Packers tonight, Brewers today, they've won the division. But everybody, I'm sure, in Milwaukee is talking about Dame Lillard. Oh, I'm sure they're excited. That was a good trade for them. I mean, you got to get rid of Drew Holiday, who was a, a key piece Keep component to what they were doing. But, but he's a free agent after the season. Yeah. And he would have cost them more to keep than Lillard. I think they I think they really like Drew. I, I like Drew as He's a player. He's a good defender. Very good defender. Um, but you get Dame Lillard, you you I mean that's that that's Superstar. the business. Mm-hmm. Yep. The business. <laughs> that's how it goes. Um so we were talking about, you know, all of the, the transition within the organization of the St. Louis Cardinals and, and who's playing, who's not, who who <laughs> Who's going to be here? I don't even know the words. Who's going to be here next year? Who isn't? Uh, Who's going to be playing where? We have all of these questions. Take it or leave it. If the Cardinals don't get this Wilson Contreras situation right, you have to question whether or not they know what's going on outside Like in in terms of how they're developing and how they're scouting players. Yes. I'm going to take that. I'll take it too. Yeah. If you're going to bring in a catcher Mm -hmm. to play catcher and then – I guess well, not be your six catcher? months later saying he might not be the catcher. You probably didn't scout correctly or you probably don't develop well. Looking at all the players that have gone this season alone, mm-hmm. let's not even talk about Contre- uh, Al- Alcantara or, or Gallon or um, 
who am I? Randy, Randy Rosarina. Yeah. Let's not Adolis Adolis Garcia. Garcia. Let's not talk about those guys. Let's just talk about the guys that left this year that are having success mm-hmm. in other places. You're not scouting correctly or you're not developing well enough. And that's concerning. Yeah, it's a it's a big concern. And I just wonder, because the Cardinals Let's be real. They have been passed up. They used to be cutting edge when they brought in Jeff Luno. And for most of the time between about about 03 and 13, maybe 2015, they were cutting edge. But now they mm-hmm. have been passed by so many organizations. Yet there are no new major league voices. Somebody from Atlanta or somebody from Baltimore or somebody from Houston that can come into the organization and say, OK, here's what we're doing to succeed the Cardinals have no new fresh ideas coming in from other major league teams. Yeah, I sent this to you guys last night. I don't know if you guys saw it because I was having a hard time going to sleep. So I sent it at like 11 <laughs> o'clock at night and I was like, nobody's going to be it. awake, but it's okay. I'm going to send it in the group chat anyways. Michael Walker did an interview recently and you know what he talked about that helped him turn things around pitching. He talked about obviously coming up in the Cardinals organization, but he focused on Tampa specifically. He gave credit to Tampa and Snyder for actually turning things around pitching wise for him now he said that analytics was a part of things that changed for him down with Tampa and how they were able to really work with him but he said that the way that Snyder approaches things is that he makes you feel 10 feet tall on the mound Mm -hmm. and he also tailors the approach to each pitcher and that might sound like, well, obviously you should be doing that. But Michael Wonka mentioned that basically he made sure it wasn't the same plan for every single pitcher, which seems to be a theme that you might be seeing with other teams. And I thought that that was really interesting that he gave so much credit to Tampa for really turning things around for him. And look at what the Dodgers did so quickly for Lance Lynn. Yes. Obviously, Andrew Friedman bringing the Tampa Bay philosophy to L.A. Last year, they had a reliever that had a career earned run average with Colorado of 5.30. Yancy Almonte had a 1.02 ERA with the Dodgers last year. He's been hurt this year. Yes. But the Dodgers continually do it. The Rays continually do it. Mm-hmm. One of those teams is going to get Jack Flaherty, and Flaherty's going to pitch great for him. Either the either the Rays or the Dodgers, somebody's going to get them. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, okay, even if you're not getting these big names, are you able to scout people out properly and know that you have the personnel in your organization that can elevate them to what you know that they can be? Hey, Ken Bonfield won 18 games here. Jeff Weaver started a clinching World Series game. People like Joel Pinheiro and uh, Todd Wellemeyer turned into – really good pitchers here. Mm-hmm. Kyle Loesch was never what he was elsewhere like he was here. And now, rather than players playing their best for the Cardinals before and after they leave the Cardinals, they never played as well as they played for the Cardinals. Uh, now, everybody seems to play their best when they aren't in St. Louis anymore. All no. right, what do we got on the text line, I didn't Matthew? get to do my take oh, sorry. Early, but guys. I, 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 yeah, sorry, I did kind my of man, like yeah. go on like a rant. Yeah. It, was, it was a great topic, <laughs> was, so then topic, I, yeah. I remembered to bring that up. So this one is for you, CD. Okay. Take it or leave it. Um, we we talked about this earlier that Taylor Swift is supposedly going to be in attendance for that Chiefs and Jets game. Um, take it or leave it. You couldn't pay any celebrity enough money to go to that Bears and Broncos game. Oh, even even Sierra will want to step Sierra her way out Sierra. of that you know what, game. Honey, you I, couldn't I, even do a paid appearance for that one. to take care of. I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't want to be a distraction. Yeah, wanna... yeah. Why would anybody? <laughs> Even family. I, my family probably... Hey, hey. I, know, I'm I know you guys got the Browns, the Bears this week, but uh, we, we're going to... We've been asking you for too many tickets lately, Carrie. We're going to sit this one out. <laughs> you let us know how... It, we'll be watching, though. No, we won't. 
Do you think they're like calling up people like, okay, we'll pay you. What is your fee? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm just really busy. I can't. No. Yeah. That game is going to be it's Terrible. tough to watch. The toilet bowl, oh, if yeah, you will. It is. That's it. It's going to be bad. All right, Matthew, what do we got on the old text line? Take it or leave it. Shane Bieber is a cardinal next year. Leave it. Leave it. I'm going to leave that. Where are they going to get their card? Where, where, <laughs> I, I can't wait. I cannot wait till the off season. I can't, I can't wait. Here's, here's the thing, though. It would fit the mold because Bieber, for another franchise that gets far and away the most out of the pitchers that they have. And then the, the pitchers go elsewhere, whether it's Corey Kluber or Mike Clevenger. Uh, these pitchers go elsewhere, and they don't perform nearly as well as they did in Cleveland. Look at the Cardinals as a franchise that'll think they can get Bieber and fix him. No. We'll see. I don't think they'll do it either. Take it or leave it. Contreras plays more games in left field next year than Tyler O'Neill. Take it. Mm, for ah. which team? For the Cardinals? Take it. Yeah, for the Cardinals. Here's the thing. They'll they'll try to trade Tyler O'Neill back. Yeah, they'll they'll try to trade O'Neill and if they can't if nobody wants him, they'll non-tender him. He will not be a Cardinal. No. I I think that that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. More than likely Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill to be a Cardinal. Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson. I would be stunned sure. if he's not here. He just has to stay healthy. Well, for both of them. Here's the thing with Carlson. Who's going to trade for him right now? He's more valuable to the Cardinals than anybody else. You aren't going to cut him. So he he was a cold, dead hands guy, and you'd be foolish to trade for him if you're somebody else at this moment because he's an unknown quantity. And if if you're the Cardinals, you want him to enhance his market value for you a little bit before you move him. He's only got three years in. Mm Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. This is a trap game from a zoo. Take it. A trap game? Oh, are we are we having fears of 2019 all uh-huh. over again? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This guy here Uh-oh. doesn't speak about Mizzou football oh. anymore. No, you can, oh, come Carrie. Come on, CD. Yes, come on. It's a trap game. If they lose, then we know why they're playing at 11 a.m. versus the LSU Tigers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's going to be watching Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> Well, LSU's Definitely. in that game, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people in yeah. Louisiana and Missouri will be yeah. tuned in. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the country will be watching another game. I I don't know. I, I do not know much about <laughs> Vanderbilt this year. I know that Mizzou fans rightfully have the fear of what happened in 2019. And that win actually saved Derek Mason, I think, like another yeah. year, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. Right. They in, they in uh, Nashville for that game, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. And mm-hmm. what network is it on? Is it on an SEC network? Do we know? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's SEC. Okay. Wouldn't be surprised if it was like on ESPN Plus or something PM like that. Game. They lose to Vandy. Just yeah, you pack it up for Why? the season. How are you doing? You brought it up. No, I didn't. You said, is it a trap game? Meaning, could they potentially uh, lose? It was a uh, texter. You read it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's my job. You read it. And so you, therefore, put it into the atmosphere, the universe, as you said yesterday. What you told me not Put to it do. Into Take it or leave it. With numerous <laughs> injuries, the Cardinals should ban headfirst slides next season. Take it. Uh, I yeah, I talked about this before. I 100% agree. I just know that it's what you do. I guess is is the big thing because the it, the assumption is that you're quicker. I just the injuries freak me out. Well, with that. when I watched uh, Avon Herrera slide into first base yesterday, I mm-hmm. didn't think that that was safe either. So. Maybe just not sliding. <laughs> well, go ahead. Do you, stand but it should up. he be confident in his abilities or know his abilities? It, it, both. Both. Okay. He should be confident yeah. in knowing his abilities. Yeah. Take your leave. The Jaguars do not win the AFC South. Uh, I'm gonna leave Ooh. that. <sighs> There'll be a second I'm, half team. 
I don't know, Randy. The the Colts looked look pretty good. They're playing really them. hard. Don't worry about them. The Houston Texans go into your house and beat you. Damn. That is concerning. <clears throat> yeah. Tennessee maybe figure something out. <laughs> See, maybe. you don't have to make me feel better about okay. the Titans. Right. It's okay. I, <laughs> I know. It's, I, they have I, a lot to figure out. I like the Titans. I just don't I don't know what, what's going on with them. I don't either. Um, it's, by the way, that Mizzou uh, LSU game is on ESPN. Big ESPN. Oh, I thought that for the Vandy game, that one's at three on ESPN. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so back-to-back ESPN. So okay, there good. you go. Good for them. Uh, yeah, for the AFC South, it's, it always feels like whoever stumbles into it at the end. Mm-hmm. It never feels like somebody really just wins. Yeah. It just stumbles is into than, it. than what we thought? That Houston... would be a heck of a coaching job by D'Amico Ryans and his staff. That would. But last year, I think Peterson's got it figured out. The, the preseason doesn't matter anymore, and the first three games of the regular season are basically the preseason now. I'm going to take Indy in that, in that division. Because hmm. Jonathan Taylor should be coming back if they don't trade him. Yeah, Richardson's not gonna. He, and Gardner Minshew. I like Gardner. Yeah, I like I them. I like them. Stop. And they'll have yeah. they'll have defensive injuries. They just don't have. Uh, yeah. You gotta stop a... letting fantasy hopium Who? affect your NFL. Have you watched the Indianapolis here? Colts play football? Who do you have? Who, who's on your have fantasy you football watched, roster? Have you? Jonathan Taylor is, no, but I, he's hurt. I'm, not, I'm just saying in yeah. general. The 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 Colts actually played really well versus the Ravens, and the Jaguars stunk last yeah. week and should have lost to the Colts as well, week one. So, what are we saying? The Colts are better than than they're giving credit for. They played a better game. The Colts? Yeah. I, I refuse to believe that the Colts are going to be good. <laughs> it's hard to. It yeah. Is, yeah. Thank you, Matthew. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, do the Cardinals have a plan for Wilson Contreras in 2024? Well, one of our people says that they might. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. It's 8.05 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We're all looking ahead to 2024 for the St. Louis Cardinals. 2023 only has four games left, including this afternoon at Milwaukee, and then three as we celebrate Adam Wainwright this weekend against the Cincinnati Reds. We may have, we certainly have seen the last of Adam Wainwright as a Cardinal. We will have after this weekend. But will we have seen the last of Wilson Contreras as a catcher? Here's Brad Thompson, our own Brad Thompson, and also the Cardinals analyst on Bally Sports Midwest yesterday in the fast lane. I think that they're going to have those conversations with Wilson again after the season of, hey, would you be willing to play a corner and DH? And I would say potentially even bring in another catcher bring in a free agent and then have either Kisner or Herrera back him up potentially again spitballing but I think that that's kind of well how they would want it to look because look at you you eyeball test he's not great back there um, metrics wise they paint an even worse picture and when you have a pitching staff that is struggling 
and you you are devoid of talent, as we've talked about a lot. So this, this is not to lay the the struggles of this pitching staff at the feet of Wilson Contreras. I think that we're all smart enough for that. Uh, but I also don't think that he's in a position right now where he's going to be able to help a pitching staff. You look at the framing metrics, you look at blocking, you just watch some of the pitch calling. Like some of these things are are there's not up to par right at the big league level. And will he continue to work on it? Yes. Will he get better? Sure. But will it get to the point where he is like a plus catcher? I don't know. I don't know if he has that uh, in in the skill set. It's one thing for us to say that. It's another thing altogether for a former major league pitcher who threw to the GOAT to say that. And Brad Thompson threw to not only Yadier Molina, but a lot of major league catchers. And nobody that is in our orbit, has a better eye for defensive catching and handling a pitching staff than Brad Thompson does. So for that reason, I would uh, I, I would send tend to come down on the side of BT there. Now, one place where I would disagree is I don't think they need to go get another veteran catcher. I would, if I were the Cardinals, I would get a catching instructor for both Andrew Kisner and Yvonne Herrera and maybe sign... A minor, not not a, a guy to a minor league contract that catches at Memphis in case you have an injury, a veteran guy. But I wouldn't try to sign another veteran starting catcher. I'm sorry, but it sounds, and love BT, so this is nothing against him. I know that he wouldn't say these things if it wasn't something that it was something that he saw and also had conversations mm-hmm. with with people within the Cardinals organization. But that looks absolutely atrocious, in my opinion. Why would you not go out, if you are going to go get a catching coach or somebody to assist the catchers, why not also make sure that they have that in place to help Wilson Contreras? The Cubs did that. We have talked about that earlier this season, that Joe Madden did that to be able to elevate Wilson Contreras. And there's something that BT said that really stuck out to me, where he said, help a pitching staff. I'm sorry, but I I get that you do need to help a pitching staff as the catcher of the organization. But at the same time, too, what about your pitching coach? Is there also something that we need to be looking at there? Because I don't believe that what we saw with the pitching staff this season has to do with Wilson Contreras. Where we saw the regression with every single one of those starters, essentially, I don't think that Wilson Contreras had anything to do with that. If anything, I think that Wilson Contreras actually, to me, stood out as a player that I would want in my organization, I would want to continue to work with. Oh, and by the way, you gave him $87.5 million you invested a lot of money and time. And CD, you were talking about this earlier. What does that also say about when it looks what it looks like when you're scouting and evaluating talent that you bring in the organization? And what will this look like to other possible free agents down the line when you're courting them and to say, well, are you guys going to make sure you give me all the pieces to make sure I can stay in the position that I've been in that gave me this contract in the first place? If you give somebody a contract to be something then that's what they should be, essentially. But I don't think the rest of baseball is surprised by this, by the performance of Contreras. That's why nobody traded for him at the deadline in 22. Then what does that say about the Cardinals? That's the concern. Uh, What are you looking at? What are you scouting for? What are you seeing that said, yeah, he's our everyday catcher, and then a month into the season, yeah, this guy can't do that. Ego. That's, that's, That's poor management. That's poor scouting. That's... Everyone that was involved, and this is no knock at all on Wilson Contreras because I think what he is and what he has been has is is what they signed and what he should be. He's a he's a damn good baseball player. If you needed a guy to be Yadier Molina, then 
that's probably you scouted that incorrectly. If you mm-hmm. thought that he was going to be Yadier Molina behind the plate. And I don't think that they thought that that's what he would be. I think they believed that his hitting could supersede what they thought they would get behind the plate. Yeah, and, and, and so they said you, that. If you yeah. thought that him behind the plate was going to be sufficient, then you made a mistake if this is the decision that you're trying to make right now. But let me toss this out there for consumption, okay? If you really like Kisner, who's been better behind the plate than Contreras this year, and you know you know that Herrera is going to be your future, so you put those guys behind the plate. Now you put Wilson Contreras in left. That allows you to put Lars Nootbaar in center. You keep Jordan Walker in right. All of a sudden, you have a gold glove infield of Arenado, Mason Wynn, Tommy Edmond, and Goldie. You've got really good defense behind the plate. Contreras is going to leave you something to be desired in left field, but you have Newt Bar or Carlson, and then you've got Jordan Walker in right. You've got a much better defensive squad that allows you to keep, unless you really have to move him for number one pitcher, Nolan Gorman, to slug in the middle of your lineup. But do you think that the Cardinals, when they signed Wilson Contreras to this deal, that they said, we're going to make him an outfielder? Do you think that they came in with that plan? So what does that look like? I'm asking, uh, perception-wise, what does this look like? If they admit their mistake, I love it. If you recognize that you made a mistake and you're going to move on from that mistake in whatever fashion, whether moving on from the player or moving him to left field, I'd much rather do that than have the team insist, no, we paid him this money, and then keep losing because he's behind the plate for you. I think the the important thing, and I said it earlier, that that BT said is we'll see if he's willing to move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is the main component to this entire argument. No, I don't want to play left field. You signed me as a catcher. I'm playing catcher. Now what? Well, you'll sit on the bench. Okay. No, I'm not. The player holds all of the cards here because he got paid $87.5 million to play a position that you signed him to play. You want me to play something else? Cool. I don't want to. And so now now you're looked at. You got a guy that is sitting on the bench making that amount of money. That does not happen either. So the contract in this situation plays where he wants to play. The Cardinals spent a lot of this season with an $11 million pitcher pitching out of the bullpen. That's that, how, how much is, is Wilson Contreras making a year? 17. That's a that's a $6 million difference. Sometimes and, you that's, gotta, and that's yeah. a guy that is playing every fifth day mm-hmm. in comparison to a guy that is playing every day. So if I'm paying you $17 million every year and you're an everyday player, there's no way in hell I'm going to sit you on the bench. By the way, I don't think Wilson Contreras, I don't think that's his demeanor. I don't think that he would be insistent that he has to catch. But, and here's the thing. I, I don't think he would say, I want to play left field either. Yeah. If they came to him and said, yeah, you're going to play the corner outfield, <laughs> the hell I am. And in the situation earlier, the way that he handled everything, we, we mentioned this before and time and time again, he handled it with class. Right. The way that he handled adversity was perfect. And he did say that with whatever the team needed, he's willing to do that. But, 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 I'm just saying, I'm just going to make an assumption here. What if Wilson Contreras thinks everything is back on track and then all of a sudden they're going to blind Inside you this offseason with, well, you know, we did say, and CD, to your point, they did say that they wanted an offensive catcher and that was going to be their priority. And that's why they signed Wilson mm-hmm. Contreras. Has he not lived up to those ex- expectations offensively? Yes. Yeah. But- and they did say that. And so in his mind, what if he's thinking he's doing all the right things and then you blindside him this offseason? He was like, wait a minute, I thought I was getting a good rapport with the pitching staff and now you're going to throw do? this? What's, what's Mo and Ali's job to do? to try to win. win. Yes. So are they doing their job if they take a lesser performer and put them in there with based on what they saw over six months? Are they doing their job? 
Well, here's the thing. They went and had dinner with Wilson Contreras this offseason. made a mistake. Are they going to admit the mistake is the thing. Well, if they're talking about playing him in left field, they're admitting it. I understand all of that. But as a player Mm -hmm. that is being paid this amount of money, you already, I will say this, he did handle it well, like a professional. Try it again. Try it again and see if he responds in the same manner as he did. Because one time, okay, you you, you did that and it was disrespectful. Who's writing the check for $87.5 million? DeWitt. There you go. Okay. And so, so he can do what he wants. There you go. And he if he, the, it's the golden and, rule. And, and again, the man with the gold makes the rules. Mm-hmm. And so what I told you, I believed happened the first time. Yeah, we're going to move you to uh, to DH or, or we're going to move you to a corner outfield spot. And I believe that DeWitt called and said, hey, no, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I paid. I paid. You all told me he could be an everyday catcher. Yeah. That's what the hell he's going to play. But you can't do that if it's going to cause you And here's games. the thing. Is it actually admitting that you made a mistake just by moving him to the outfield? Because to me, that sounds like that you also aren't actually looking internally at your pitching staff and maybe some of the other pieces in there. Like I mentioned, coaching this season maybe it left some to be desired are they actually elevating these pitchers to get the most out of them are you by moving Wilson Contreras essentially if I'm basing off of what BT said because he's not getting the most out of this pitching staff to me once again you're deflecting blame back to Wilson Contreras and not really looking at what could be the big problem here and there were as Michael Kay noted on a broadcast he was calling pitches for for, from pitchers that they didn't have in their repertoire Mm -hmm. so is that the road you want to go down? I guess the question is, do you want to win or do you not? Everybody you wants win. to win. You, everybody everybody wants yes. to win. you win by pitching well and having a catcher that calls pitches that pitchers actually throw. I, I agree with that as well. But are we... Are, we don't know the me, full story of that. To me, too, this by the feels way. like... I can look at the numbers. To can, me, this yeah. feels like this is solely on Wilson Contreras yes. and how poorly he's perceived to have played. And I, mm-hmm. I, again, I've never thrown a pitch... In a major league game in my life. So if Brad Thompson says that he's been poor, then I have to understand that and, and, and listen to it and agree with it to a degree. But I also know that I've seen Wilson Contreras have his butt sitting on the ground with his glove on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a pitcher leave a hanging cra- breaking ball over the middle of the plate and it got hit out in San Francisco. So who do you blame for that? I because am, I believe yeah. that the pitchers were not always hitting their spots. And Wilson Contreras is not to blame for that. You either. guys know that I refuse to learn the first name of the Cardinal pitching coach, so that's, I, I'm not <laughs> absolving him of blame at all. But that's what I'm saying. He's is the that best not number what ninety the Cardinals like. have ever had? That's the the best thing I can say about the Cardinal pitching co- coach is that he's the best number ninety they've ever had. It's okay. the best thing. Yes, he's the only one. Yeah. Moving okay. Wilson Contreras to left field looks bad. It looks bad. I don't know how you can clear up the perception of that. And then it what does. you said, I agree with. It. What does it? What does it show other free agents? That yes. to me carries a lot of weight as it well does. because these guys talk. And if I tell you, or even if, see it, you let, see let, it. Let's say this. <laughs> let's 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 do this. Wilson Contreras is is was told he's going to be a catcher, and now he's being told something different. So when he talks to his friends, yeah, these guys lied to me. Nolan Arenado was told, mm-hmm. "Hey, we're going to have put together a ball club. I want you to say, don't don't uh, don't opt out, stay in, and we're going to put together a team around you." And it didn't happen. Nolan Nolan Arenado, if that's how he feels, what is he saying? So there is growing concern, in my opinion, if guys in the clubhouse are being told one thing and something different is happening. You start to you start to gain a reputation for who you are or who you are not, and people around the league will talk to one another and they will listen. That's why the Cardinals have put themselves in this position, and it might be unpalatable for them, 
But if Aaron Nola's being offered $230 million by the Cardinals and $190 million by the Phillies, who's he going with? He's going to the Cardinals. There you go. But That's this all goes back to evaluation. Is he going to be offered $40 million more by the St. Louis Cardinals than the Philadelphia Phillies? The Cardinals have put themselves in a position where to get free agents, they're going to have to kill a fly with a sledgehammer. And this all goes back to evaluation, though, because I know Clabe said earlier this week that maybe if they would have known that Andrew Kisser would have a career rear, a year for himself, and then maybe that Yvonne Herrera, I know last night was not good, but just saying that Yvonne Herrera, is good like he was that we've seen at times this season that maybe they wouldn't have gotten Wilson Contreras so once again the valuation on all of this looks completely off yeah by the way Cardinals uh, earned run average with Wilson Contreras behind the plate this year 5.07 earned run average with Kisner behind the plate 4.36 so about seven tenths of a run per game better for Andrew Kisner uh, then yeah it is it's, it, it, it adds up over the course of time uh, that is today's fresh take here on 101 ESPN coming up we've got NFL news and notes you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers NFL news and notes here on 101 ESPN. You've got Thursday night football tonight. You've got the Green Bay Packers taking on the Detroit Lions. Last time these two teams played, it was for a Packer playoff spot. Packers lost to Detroit. Tonight, though, hopefully Corey Dillon, not Corey Dillon, A.J. Dillon will have a big... I'm going back in time. Way back. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully A.J. Dillon will have a big night. Aaron Jones not expected to play for the Packers. Corey uh, Corey Dillon. A.J. Dillon is not going to have a big night. He, He just... He his first year I think was his best year. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been the same since. Um, and and you know I think I think Green Bay is a is a better team than what we expected them to be. But I don't expect them to win tonight versus the uh, Detroit Lions. It should be an interesting game. The Lions really haven't lived up yet to what they were expected to be either. Although they've had injury issues, but uh, they they do have amazingly that we're saying this. They have Jared Goff. Who might be a difference maker in a game like this? Jared Goff doesn't get enough enough love. Mm-hmm. He took a team to a Super Bowl, and I think we just kind of skip over that because mm-hmm. they didn't win. Um, he actually took the team. He had the shootout with with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs that one year in L.A. where that was like one of the most thrilling games yeah. you had had seen. Him and Patrick Mahomes going back and forth. Jared Goff is a really good quarterback, and there have been times where. People have questioned whether or not he deserves to, if the Lions were going to go in a different direction. I think they showed you with last year's draft, hey, we like our guy, we trust our guy, we believe in him, and and he's done a, a pretty good job as far as being their their lead guy at quarterback. Game at Green Bay and Detroit is favored by two. Hmm. Well, the other big game, I guess, this weekend is the Jets and Chiefs. It seems like the saga and just the soap opera of the Jets continuing with a lot of finger pointing that it seems to be coming out. And Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week and he discussed how that needs to stop. I understand. Like, we have to understand the importance of manifestation and what we're putting out in the world. We also have to be realistic as well. I'm not, we're not living in this, uh, you know, rose colored glasses world either. We're one and two. Been a couple rough ones. Um, defense, we played good enough to win that game for sure. That's a game we got to win at home. Defense giving up 13 points, we got to win that game, um, no doubt about it. But let's just let's stay let's stay behind our guys. I think uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for our boys, and I'd like to see everybody stick together. Our fan base, our former players, and our current players, because 
too much uh, negativity, uh, and the world is crashing down after three weeks. It's a long season, a lot of time, a lot of things that can happen. It doesn't seem good, though, because according to all the reports, there's a lot of tension right now because Sala is backing Zach Wilson and supposedly the locker room is not fully mm-hmm. buying in on that. And I agree with Aaron Rodgers that they need to come together. But it seems like there's definitely some rifts there and a lot of tensions are high. And you saw last season, we talked about it before, Mike White, they rallied around him. It doesn't feel like they're doing the same for Zach Wilson so far. I, I think that the the Jets need to take a, a maybe they haven't. Maybe they haven't looked in their locker room. I, I, I would assume that maybe they haven't literally gone around the locker room or went into the they need to go into the quarterback room, open the door, knock on the door, mm-hmm. go in there and see who's in there. And then tell me who the hell you think is supposed to start. Is it Tim yeah. Boyle? Is it is it Trevor Simeon that they just signed from free agency? Go not if you're a defensive player for the New York Jets. I want you to take they're in meetings right now. Yeah, take time out of your go to the bathroom, take a break, go knock on the quarterback room door because it's probably closed. They have you know have the meetings. Stick your head in the door and tell me who the hell you pick one. Who do you want to start? What are y'all doing? <laughs> it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. You don't got nobody there. Or, 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 or you get some free time. You get about 15 minutes. Go online and see who's a free agent that you would like to bring in. There is no one. You got what you got. You signed the guy you wanted in the offseason. Now he's hurt. You got the guys that are there. You mm-hmm. either rally around him or you, you lose. Play good football. That's it. Complaining is not going to make it better. They clearly don't know who's on their roster. So just go knock on the door and see. Peek, take a peek in. By the way, how'd you like to be CBS paying rights fees for the week five late window game? They've they've got the three twenty five. They've got two games for through the three twenty five game on CBS in week five. This is October fifth. They've got um, the Jets and Denver as one of them. The other one they have is winless Minnesota hosting the Chiefs. <sighs> Not great. Ooh. It happens, man. Well, this, and by the way, the Jets. baseball go? Football we, we, go. we aren't getting rid of them anytime soon. Here's the Jets' schedule. So they've got prime time this week <laughs> against. Um, so bad. Yeah, it, it's really bad. So they've had prime time, late window, late window. They've got prime time this week. They've got late windows the two weeks after that against Denver and Philly. And then. Uh, they finally have a noon game against the Giants on October 29th, but then they're back to prime time on November 6th and November 12th against the Chargers and Raiders. Man, TV set things up for Aaron Rodgers. 325 <laughs> against Buffalo. Uh, they've got a late a prime game against, um, uh, it's a Black Friday game against Miami. The Jets do. Uh, they're back to prime time against Cleveland on December 28th, a Thursday night. They're all over national TV with Zach Wilson as their starter. Yikes. Yeah. That's uh, so then you get to watch that over and over again. But yeah. I agree with you, CD. It's Man. you have no other options it's right now. You got. have to rally yeah. around. What are you complaining him? about like you you have no other options. You got this guy. There's no one else coming to save you. Score on defense, bro. <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. to pick six, scoop and score. The kickoff return, punt return. You did that in the first game. You won the game. You figure out mm-hmm. a way. Complaining about it. And 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 what is the coach supposed to do? He's the one that has the common sense in the whole thing. Hey, hey, who the hell you want me to put in there? This is what we got. This is all we got. Rally around him, and and he was a second. He was a first round pick, second overall. Mm-hmm. Give him an opportunity. He's had many, but this is all you got right now. 
No, no, nobody's coming to save you. You either complain or you lose. Should have traded for Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. Oh, saying. Yeah. yeah. Those are NFL news and notes on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got the fight. I know the guy won yesterday, so he probably, he's coming Did back, he right? No, he didn't win. You, 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 you beat him badly, Randy. Oh. Four to one, I believe. Oh, four to two. Four to two. Oh, you, so, you, you knew that though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot. Yeah, you 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 don't you, you beat people up there. Do we need a fighter, Matthew? <laughs> oh, we don't need a fighter. I love so it. So you can text in three one four three nine 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 six four six three one four three nine nine. Yo, your name and the word fight. If you want to fight against me, coming up on one hundred one ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Carl. Carl, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Oh, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Which Cardinal was the first player to ever get 100 hits from each side of the plate in a single season? Is it Willie McGee, Ted Simmons, or Gary Templeton? Uh, Gary Templeton. Happy birthday to former Blues netminder Grant Fuhrer. Which, with which franchise did Grant Fuhrer win four Stanley Cups with? Was it the Canadians, Islanders, or Oilers? You said Oilers? The Oilers. Okay, sorry, cut out for one second. Which Cardinals MVP holds the franchise's modern era record for career errors with 247? Is it Marty Marion, Ken Boyer, or Orlando Cepeda? Uh, let's go with Boyer. After yesterday's trade, Giannis and Dame will become the second pair of 30-point scorers to play on the same team. The first was Jerry West, and who else? Was it Elgin Baylor, Gail Goodrich, or Wilt Chamberlain? Wilt Chamberlain. All right, we'll double-check our scores, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Carl, how you feel? Uh, about as great as the Cardinals do this year. Oh. <laughs> They're 20 games under 500. It's Carl. bad, Carl. That's, Carl. Great. That's bad. They're not, they're not doing great right now. <laughs> Hopefully it's much better than that. We'll see here shortly. Hopefully. Randy is uh, walking in. He's got, he's got his uh, blue pullover on. I thought it was a St. Louis Hello. Blues. Oh, no, this is a uh, Jack, Jack Buck, Buck golf tournament. Jack oh, Buck nice. golf classic. Nice. Uh, I don't know what year. but Cystic yeah. fibrosis, is that what that says? Yep. Oh. Yeah, nice. it is, yeah. Say hello to Carl. Carl, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Carl, with a K or a C? With a C. Okay. Good to have you with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. All right, Randy. Carl with a C. Here we go. (laughs) Which Cardinals player was the first to ever get 100 hits from each side of the plate in a single season? Oh, man. Was it Rogers Hornsby? Hmm. Could it have been? Let's see here. Frankie Frisch, Rogers Hornsby, Enos Slaughter, and the man. I'll go with Gary Templeton. Would you, could you possibly be playing with your food there? <laughs> a little bit. A little no. bit. He knew the answer as soon as it was asked. You're this so guy. Funny. Okay. You're watching Mason win with his arm. Mason Wynn's arm is not as good as Gary Templeton's. Really? Was. 
Gary Templeton would toy with runners. He'd, get, he'd get, make a play, and then he'd just wait and, until he knew that he could let it fly. And then he had Hernandez at first. He'd let that sucker fly, and he had an unbelievable throwing arm. And he, he'd, get him, he'd get him by a quarter of a step because he knew he could. He was the most. Bob Bragg, who was around for. Bob Bragg lived till, till, till he was in his mid 90s. He said that Gary and Bob watched Sam Musial play. He saw Bob Babe Ruth play. Uh, he, he saw Williams. He saw DiMaggio. Bob Bragg said that Gary Templeton was the most talented player he ever saw. Really? Yep. Wow. <laughs> he, was, he could play. Gary Templeton. Uh, Willie Wilson ultimately did it, too. 100 hits from both sides of the plate. Final answer. Final answer. Okay. All right. All right. Make sure we get back. <laughs> Yesterday, that was controversial. Happy birthday to former Blues Net miner Grant Fuhrer. With which franchise did Fuhrer win four Stanley Cups with? Oh, man. Let's see. He was with the Kings. He was with the Leafs. He was with the Blues. He's Gary Templeton. Uh, I'm going to go with the Edmonton Oilers here. I'm going to go with the Edmonton Oilers. All right. Let's Let's see. Do you get what final, I said? Final yeah. answer. I get it. He's yeah, toying that was with perfect. you. Yeah, final yeah. answer. Let's see here. We can know this one. Okay. <laughs> Which Cardinals MVP holds the franchise's modern era record for career errors with 247? Former MVP errors 247. And he won an MVP playing for the Cardinals, huh? No. Yes. Yes. Which Cardinals okay. MVP holds the franchise's modern era record? So yes. Templeton didn't win an MVP. I didn't say that he, everything was great about Gary. <laughs> I said he could throw. <laughs> he had a lot of errors? Yeah. Okay. Um, you would okay. Hold on, let me. You know what, uh, CD? I will just uh, because I'm questioning myself here. I'll do the lifeline. Marty Marion, Ken Boyer, Orlando Cepeda. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm. Marion played short. Boyer played third. I'm not gonna go with Cha Cha because he was a first baseman, but he did win an MVP. Um. Marion or Boyer? I'll go with Kenny Boyer. Number 14. Final question. After yesterday's trade, Giannis and Dame will become the second pair of 30-point scorers to play on the same team. The first was Jerry West, and who else? Jerry West, and this is 30 points per game, right? Yes. Um, is it Elgin Baylor or is it Wilt Chamberlain? I don't think Wilt was there. Well, let's see. West and Kareem. I'll go with Baylor. I'll Jerry West and Elgin Baylor is where I'm going to go here ahead of Kareem getting there. This is an incredibly close fight, but we do have a winner in regulation today. Does Carl... Get Randy on a week where he's already let up two wins? Or is Megamind determined to close out this week with a couple of victories himself? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? I'm sorry, Carl. Randy just edged you out on question number four. He beat you three to two today. 
All right, at least I still got the blue season coming up. Yeah, yeah. Go. 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 I like yes. the positivity. Let's let's go through these uh, questions and answers. Which Cardinal was the first player to ever get 100 hits from each side of the plate in a single season? It was in fact on this day in 1976 when Gary Templeton got his 100th. He batted the last nine games of the season from one yep. side to get that record. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Happy birthday to Blues netminder Grant Fuhrer. He won four different Stanley Cups with the Edmonton Oilers. He got two and then a year off and then two more to his collection. And which Cardinals MVP? holds the franchise's modern era record for career errors with 247. It is not Ken Boyer, but it's close. He has 225. Marty Marion had mm. 247 errors in a Cardinals uniform. And after yesterday's trade, Giannis and Dane will become the second pair of 30-point scorers to play on the same team. The first, in fact, was Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. Will Chamberlain never topped 30 in a Lakers uniform. That's amazing. It was really? He had like 27 really? and 28 like his his last two years. I mean, he was, he was wow. old and he was big and he just wasn't that level of player anymore. Let me see if I can get his exact. Anything? Got... Anything else you want to add there? To... I'm just, he was he was 300 pounds by the Old, time he was playing big. in a Lakers uniform. His Shaq Laker... probably averaged 30 while weighing 300 pounds. That's true. His Lakers scoring totals are starting in 68, uh, 68, 69, 20.5, 27.3, 20.7, 14, 13. So never top, never top 30 in a Lakers a jersey. So we have a 3-2 win for Randy Carriker in today's fight. Thank you again, Carl, so much for joining the fight and joining the show. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Have a great day. Appreciate you joining us. That is Carl on 101 ESPN. Coming up, St. Louis City SC can get to just one point away from clinching the top spot in the West with a win on Saturday night. What will it take to get it done? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away. And it's an equalizer. In a word. Chaos. Oh, it's a giveaway to Klaus. down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. City SC taking on Sporting KC on Saturday night at City Park and St. Louis City SC closing in on a playoff spot. Not a playoff spot, but uh, the number one seed in the West. They've already clinched a playoff spot, and they can get home field throughout the conference finals with a win at City Park in Saturday's Derby Q Part 3. Now, just a win doesn't do it, but they can clinch home field throughout if other things happen, right, Brooke? If, if, or, or Matthew, if, if they get some help here, they can clinch it on set on this weekend. Matthew just dropped something. <laughs> they, they, well, and that's what and that's what you were just touching on there. This win is very important, possibly over City or uh, Sporting KC, because they can clinch home field in the first round of the playoffs. But there's still a lot more to play for points wise, right, Rock? Yeah, absolutely. Because if they get this, they'll be at 56 points. And, and just do a little math. The number two and three seeds are tied, LAFC and Seattle. They are yes. both at 45 points with four to play. Quick math tells you the most they can get is 57 points. So if City wins this weekend, they're at 56, which means all they need is one more point because they will most likely, unless things go very wrong, they will have the goal differential, which is the first tiebreaker in the MLS table. So one point away, if you get a win here, you guarantee yourself that first round home field advantage. And again, there's a very slight minute chance that if Cincinnati drops all their four remaining games, 
you could technically still win the supporter shield and be the number one overall seed in the entire league. But that's minute. Right now, it's all about getting number one overall in the West. That gives you home field through the conference finals. And Sporting KC kind of scuffling. They've only got 38 points this year. And not that it should be easy, but you would think that with as meaningful a home match on your home pitch as this is, that this should, based on the way the season has gone, be a W for CDSC. KC like the little brother, right? Yeah. You treat him as such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beat him down. Slap him around a little bit. Don't worry about it. It's Slap okay. Slap him around. I think just the fact that we are here talking about this in this moment is outstanding. We, mm-hmm. we here is a team that, as we said earlier or, or last couple of weeks, this was a team that was picked to finish 13th or 14th in their conference. Here they are, the number one seed with an opportunity to to win the number one seed for their, their conference. And as Rock said, if Cincinnati goes haywire here the last couple of games, they could potentially be the number one seed overall. That in itself is a is a story to write about. It's a miraculous story. It's just something that no one could have predicted this. No one did predict this other than I think the people in St. Louis City and on, on that staff, on that yeah. team, believing in themselves, believing that they had the potential to do this. I think it's great. I think it's fun to see this and, and hopefully, you know, they can they can win uh, versus KC and, and continue to win and get that number one overall seed and make sure that they are locked in for the entire playoffs. And playing at home is a really big part of this, right? That's why it's so important to be able to clinch that in that first mm-hmm. round that we were talking about with a possible win against Sporting KC. But there's still a lot of possibilities, like Rock mentioned there. The biggest thing for me, though, is just closing out this part of the schedule out strong. And that's what I mentioned last week, that you wanted this victory against Minnesota FC that we saw that they were able to get. And I know that some fans were upset that it wasn't just like a set starting 11 for them but you still came in with a victory and some of those decisions were forced upon Carnell right because there's some injuries they're dealing with they were playing three games in a span of eight days and I think Tim Parker was dealing with a hamstring issue and there was several other things but even despite that with a short turnaround and playing that many games in a short span of time and dealing with injuries, they did start eight different players, and those eight different players were able to show up. That showcases to me the depth that you have talent-wise and also the amount of buy-in that these players have with Carnell and that Carnell also has that same confidence and buy-in with his players because he knows that they will step up with those opportunities. I have already made the decision to not question Bradley Carnell. Nope. He's pretty darn good at what he does. He is. Confident, you know, understands. Mm -hmm. I think they I think the team really buys into what he has mm-hmm. and what he is and and just the the style of play we talked about it all season long just this pressing attacking style my concern would be would they be worn down at this point mm-hmm. because the the temperatures get hotter you have a longer season but I, as i said earlier i think some of the the benefits that they had is that the injuries that they've had you got guys that are fresh now Kloss is is fresh yep. he hasn't played he hadn't played for for 2 to 3 months so you're coming back in, in full form right around the time for the playoffs where guys have had experience, your best players are healthy, and what more could you ask for at this time of the year? And who would have thought that the losing so early in the League Cup and getting essentially a month off yeah. would be such an advantage because that was the hottest point of the year here in St. Louis, and all they had to do was, and not that training is easy, but they didn't have to 
play the full 90 for any of those four weeks. They didn't have the issues the, the Cardinals had at the World Baseball Classic. No. No, and, no. and to Carrie's point, the team building really is incredible because when you look at like your, your best 11 right now, it really is crazy how half of it is the big names that we expect at the start of the season, and then half of it is a bunch of young guys who have come up and proved themselves. Mm-hmm. Markanic, um, AZ Jackson, Sam Adenarin, These, I mean, these guys are you know these guys have come across and completely changed the way you've played over the last two or three months. And like the depth's insane, the buy-in's crazy. You have a system that is perfected now. I think when you get a guys like AZ in there who just completely take the press to a new level, mm-hmm. I, they're they're playing you know maybe not the best we've ever seen because they you know they haven't won five straight since the uh, start of the season. But nonetheless, I think they look more like a championship team than we've ever seen. Meanwhile, City Two is the defending MLS Next Pro Western Conference champions, and they're going to host San Jose in the first round of the MLS Next Playoffs on Sunday at five o'clock over at City Park. Now, Matthew, you tell me that it didn't necessarily have to be San Jose. The City Two is on a ten-game unbeaten string. They're seven three and zero. The streak began on July 23rd against San Jose Earthquakes 2, so they'll get another opportunity against San Jose. Since then, City 2 has earned the most points in MLS Next Pro over those 10 games, matches. But we did not expect necessarily that it would be San Jose that we would face in the first round. No, because MLS Next does, and which I think is actually awesome, that you do a pick-your-opponent style in the first round where essentially the, the, the top seeds get to pick the team they're going to play. Ooh. And because City had to make a late run, they're a little bit lower in the rankings, you're thinking you're not going to get a home game. But Sporting Kansas City chose the best team in the league. I do have to give them credit for that. They chose the best team in the league in Austin, but they had a chance to pick City, and it would have been a home game for Sporting KC in against City, and they completely bypassed it. You can see the video where they were doing the announcements and the reaction from Lutz Fan and Steel when Sporting K, when Sporting KC didn't pick City was hilarious. Mm-hmm. He said that we already had the bus uh, chartered to Kansas mm-hmm. City. We 100% expected to go. And now because they kind of begged off taking on City, you get a completely unexpected home match after making a run to the playoffs late in the season. So it's City, pretty awesome. City Park, 5 o'clock on Sunday, an opportunity to check out City 2. And this is the future of St. Louis City mm-hmm. SC. They've already established themselves as one of the best programs in the league with the Western Conference Championship last season, and now they'll try to do it again. And they've also set attendance records when they've been at home. I mean, this is this is what they the whole plan was, right? When Lutz was talking about really building things from the ground up, building a foundation here in St. Louis, City 2 is a big part of that, a big part of showing that you, we even have local kids who are going to be are part of City 2 and mm-hmm. going to be a part of City 2. This is all the plan to make sure that you're also continuing to grow that talent here in St. Louis, and it's going to be something that's going to be so fun to watch for years and years to come. I wish the Cardinals had put an affiliated club like out in O'Fallon or somewhere. Instead of of Memphis? Too far away? It doesn't have to be Memphis. It could be the Springfield. Instead of Memphis. But yeah, (laughs) AAA would be fine here. Okay, But out... You know, where where uh, well, the the, the hoots play? I'm just thinking, Randy, because it, it because there was such a shuttle going back and forth to Memphis. They might as well have might it as here. well have it here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And how would how great would they draw? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, if if you had an opportunity to see Jordan, well, not Mason win for a year mm-hmm. uh, out there in O'Fallon, that and you're right, CD. Uh, okay, we're calling you up. Drive down 70. Yep. <laughs> It'd be Going so down. much easier. Yeah. I'm sure the players would appreciate that. Yeah. Go, go cards. Uh, that is our controlled chaos here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got our rush hour reset. I guess we aren't going to play the lineup game because it's so hard now. That's fine. What, have they brought have the line out? Probably out? Line not. Up out yet? They, the players probably have no idea. 
<laughs> um, Nobody no. knows. I'm, yeah. I was talking about this yesterday. If the lineup is out by 9.45, we're playing the lineup in rock and roll. Absolutely. Nobody knows, though. Absolutely, it, it, yeah. 100%. We will yeah. not. We're gonna have tech. You guys are lucky. I'm nice tries. to you. People, people yell at how nice I am to you guys on the on the lineup game because yeah, I because really I tell you the positions after uh -huh. you guess them, and they're like, "Don't tell them the positions, make it harder." And I'm like, "We will be here for 45 minutes if I don't tell you guys yeah. the positions to narrow it yeah. down a little bit." It feels like a game of Ray or Nay, like we played. <laughs> right. Like it's just Who's like playing? you have no idea. Yeah. Do you guys know Caracudo's first name? Juniel. Juniel. Okay, thank you. I couldn't pronounce his last name yesterday. Though. <laughs> oh, is, is he, he gonna try? Has he had a hit yet? Uh, yeah, first hit in seven years. It's, yeah, I saw that. Seven years. Uh, yeah. Ooh, so, man, if we could have had a game where Karakugo, Kudo got his first hit and um, <laughs> then uh, Wilking Rodriguez would have done something. Man, Oscar Mercado, <laughs> all those guys yeah. on the field at so the same cool. time. So cool. Been awesome. People getting opportunities here. There I'm happy go. about that. No, that, that, that. no, I'm happy about it is, that. It is fun. That means something. We've got our Rush Hour reset next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Nine oh two in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Cardinals play their final road game of 2023 today in Milwaukee. They're going to pitch Dakota Hudson. He'll be opposed by Corbin Burns, former Cy Young Award winner for the Milwaukee Brewers. It's the Cardinals' last game against the NL Central champs for this year. Meanwhile, last night the Cardinals won it by a score of or lost it by a score of three to two. Cardinals. I said they won because they <laughs> they, they actually took the lead. They, they were winning. Yep. Nude reaching on an infield single to shortstop. Yvonne Herrera single to center to uh, move Newt up. And then Juniel Caracuto with his first hit in seven years. It was a bunt single to third to load the bases. And after Richie, 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 Richie. Richie. followed up, said no, no, uh, no. Mason Wynn stepped in. Well, he's had to throw a lot of pitches. The pitch rifled towards center. And the grab made at the warning track. Perkins tracks out down. It'll be another sack fly for Mason Wynn. Good approach. Drove it a long way to center. That will score Lars Newtbar. And St. Louis strikes first, 1 0. And the Cardinals increase their lead with home run Baker scored on an Uribe wild pitch. Home run Baker. You like home that? Home run Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need some work just, just a little go, bit. Just go to uh, baseballreference.com. Look up home run Baker. There is one. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, the Brewers were able to bounce back. An RBI double by Tra uh, Tyrone Taylor made it 2-1 in the sixth inning. Then Rowdy Telez with a fielder's choice ground out to tie the game at two. It remained tied at two until the bottom of the seventh inning when Taylor doubled home another run to score Anderson. 3-2 there, and 3-2 was the final. Zach Thompson pitched well for the Cardinals in his five and a third innings of work, so we have to be happy about that. And we missed out on another opportunity, and we're, we're running out of time here uh, to get to see... Um, the Holy Trinity. We we need the Holy Trinity one more time. <laughs> you want to see can the Holy Trinity one last are? time. Yeah, so you've got Drew Verhagen, mm -hmm. you've got Seelaw, mm -hmm. Casey Lawrence, and you've got Palante. Normally it's Palante, Verhagen, Seelaw in that order. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, and and J-Bar is not a part of the, the Trinity. J-Bar well, is not. Four, he's the, that's the four, he's the four horsemen. Four, four horsemen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we did see uh, we we did see Jakub last night, and we did see Seelaw, but we missed out on the opportunity to see Chris Vonderhaan. <laughs> I wish that somebody would tell 
Yaku Barnes that we are calling him that <laughs> and like try to explain it to him. Well, there's like a blues player that his name's Yaku, but now he goes Yaku. by Jacob. And, so we you just know, gave you Yaku. We, we call him Jacob. We needed a Yaku. There and you'd you be like, well, people listen to this show. <laughs> it's the completely unsaid context of uh, we call people who aren't good different names. Well, you don't have to tell him that part. No, we can leave that out. It is. It's just a name. I don't, I don't know that he's not good. Just not Who's that, Yaku? good here. <laughs> See, um, you can't make so let's let's be, you can't make it to the major leagues without being good. Right. Of course. Like that 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 rock you can huff and puff and blow it's, your house down I say all that, you want it's to. Relative to the rest of the major <laughs> leagues. Obviously I'm not saying the guy isn't a good pitcher relative to well, humanity. Saying, you, you have to give the distinction. Well th- then fine. He's not a very In good comparison, pitcher. For major leagues, not this year, but he's been a good he's been a good pitcher in his lifetime at some point. Yep. Uh, we have added some baseball to our <laughs> schedule, by the way, as we head down the stretch. Tomorrow night we've got the Diamondbacks and Astros pregame at eight o'clock. Right now, Arizona is in the number two spot in the National League Wild Card, and they'll probably land in that number two spot. But at the moment, Miami and the Cubs are tied for the third spot. Cincinnati will come to town tomorrow, and they'll still have an outside chance of making the playoffs. But we'll have the action for you tomorrow night between the Diamondbacks and the Astros. Not only do you have Arizona, uh, two up uh, Miami and Chicago in the National League, and I I like Arizona's chances, but as Houston plays tomorrow Mm -hmm. against the Diamondbacks, they are one and a half games ahead of Seattle for the final wild-card spot in the American League, and they're half game behind Toronto so that will be a big game tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. It will be. It is interesting, even though it's painful to watch the Cardinals not be involved with all the postseason excitement. It is interesting to see all the other teams right now. I'm paying attention to the Marlins, obviously, with Skip. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see how that all plays out for them. And Ronald Acuna Jr., I know, City you were talking about yesterday, and everybody knows this, right? He is the most electric player to watch right now in Major League Baseball and also, in my opinion, in all of sports, Which is really. saying something I, in, in a sport that has Shohei Otani, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and he's not doing anything right, right now. He's so, hurt. I mean, 40-70 season for him. I love the moment where he took the bag, too. That was fantastic. It was. Did you guys also see the Cubs broadcasters were upset about there was some stoppage when he came up to the plate after that moment? And they were like, why Why are the fans like cheering for this? Because what Ronald Acuna Jr. is absolutely spectacular, exciting. The Braves are a really exciting team to watch. Yeah, they're, they're really Well-deserved, well-earned. They've done yeah. a great job. And I... I just wish it was us. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, but I'm like, I'm like you, Brooke. I, I see exciting players. I see Jack Flaherty in Baltimore. I see Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton in Texas. I see Randy Rosarena in Tampa. I mm-hmm. see, uh, you know. <laughs> and this goes on. Yeah. You can watch uh, the see, former Cardinals. I, I see Ozuna in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I, I see Colton Wong with the Doyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of fun guys to watch. There is. A lot of a lot of former Cardinals just flying mm-hmm. around out there, huh? There's Hanover, yeah, skipping <laughs> Miami. There, yeah. there are a few. Well, they get a good base here, and then they build on it elsewhere. That's true. Yeah, they, yeah they it's build just their like foundation. A, yeah, like the Cardinals are like the mama birds yeah. essentially, and they you know yeah. nurture them, and then they send them off. Yeah, yeah. And, and Wilson, he's rebuilding the base as a left fielder. No. Uh-huh. Before they, he gets really good somewhere no. else. No. You're stirring no? the pot. I know what no, you're man. doing. We, 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 yes. are, we aren't going to put, we aren't going to send Wilson out to pasture. He, he's, 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 he can hit, man. He can hit and he, he can. can play baseball. And so you, you all leave Wilson 
Y'all don't mess with Wilson Contreras. I want him in the lineup, Kerry. I just... No, you don't. I don't think you. I don't think. I don't think you folks in St. Louis want Wilson Contreras in the lineup. You're trying to find a spot. How about the spot you paid him for? DH. Oh my God. Catcher, primary catcher. I do believe. You know who we should blame? We blame. We don't want to blame him, but we we can place this. No, we can place this at his feet. Yadier Molina. He retired. Yeah. Who, why would you retire? Yeah. I know you've been playing you forever. I know you're tired of crouching behind the plate. You've you've been hit with baseballs left and right. I understand mm-hmm. it, but clearly, it's his fault because no one knew that he was. Yeah. They, he, he just brought this on them. He just he just sprung this on them at the end of the season. He was going to retire and not come back. This was something that they were not prepared for in all of his years of being the catcher and doing all of the homework mm-hmm. for the entire pitching staff and the pitching coaches. And he just really upped and up and left. Mm-hmm. And left the Cardinals high and dry, and so clearly it's his fault. Totally he wants someone fault. to yeah. blame. So are you saying they that he babied the pitchers and that they were used to? Listen, because listen, it, it does. Here's the thing: it does seem is, like that with the that they have these expectations. They say that Wilson Contreras was not supposed to be the next Yachty, and then. What does it feel like that the expectations are with Wilson Contreras now? Because if you base it off of BT's comments earlier that there's an expectation of how he should be, you know, I guess like working with the pitching staff in a certain way, elevating them in a certain way, it kind of sounds like they do want another Yachty, essentially. Sometimes things don't work out. The Niners traded all those picks to get Trey Lance, and Mr. Irrelevant winds up being their quarterback, right? The the uh, Philadelphia Eagles spent a second round pick on a guy who was in the MVP conversation in Carson yeah. Wentz, but they they use the second pick in the draft. They get Jalen Hurts with the, the second, second round. He winds up being the guy. Sometimes the moves that you make don't necessarily work out for you. Let me ask you a question. They, they just signed Jalen Hurts to a, a huge contract. Mm-hmm. If they came to him and said, you know what, <laughs> it's not really working out at quarterback. We want you to play wide receiver. How is that going to go over? If he's playing at a high level at quarterback? If he's not. If he's not? If he's just an, a, a, an and, average. And they say we're just going to bench you? Yeah, the, the, that happens. It happened to Carson Wentz. It happens. It just, Matt, Flynn, Matt, Matt Flynn signed a big contract you know, with Seattle. What did it, they do with, with, with uh, Carson Wentz what, after what, that? What do your coaches always tell you? They're always trying to replace you. Yep. They and are. Tolerate you till they can replace yep. you. But yeah. here's the thing is Unless how does this look? Your contract is <laughs> Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Well. Is what does it look like? You went out and you courted this catcher, whether it was Wilson Contreras, whoever, just say you went out and courted this catcher, you brought him in. You had a dinner where it was the deciding factor that we want you to be our primary catcher. I sat in that press conference where they said Wilson Contreras is going to be their primary catcher. Fast forward to now going into this offseason, they're possibly going to have conversations about him moving into the outfield. What does that look like outside of this organization and within this organization? Did you properly evaluate the value of Herrera and Kisner and Wilson Contreras and even Yadier Molina? And why not maybe bring in somebody first to work with the catchers, not just Wilson, but also Andrew Kisner, Yvonne Herrera, to make sure that they you feel more comfortable with it? Why not do that if you already saw the Cubs did that with Wilson Contreras prior. Would I love to see the guy that got the most out of Wilson Contreras here? Yes, I would. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty much, I, I, I'm pretty much branded as that guy, right? 
think but, so. It's the Yankees went out and they got Sonny Gray, and they found out that he can't pitch when the expectations are high. He can pitch in a place where the expectations are not extraordinary. He he can do that. The Red Sox went out and got Edgar Renteria. And Tony LaRusso told Edgar Renteria, you don't want to go to Boston because the expectations are too much. That just doesn't fit your personality. Edgar went there, and he was an abject failure. Same with Pablo Sandoval in Boston. Teams make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And the key for those teams, if they want to be good again, is to admit those mistakes and move on from them. That's I agree one hundred. I agree. I agree with that. Now you can you can you make a mistake. You don't you don't just continue down that path if you feel like it is a mistake. You move on and go to a different direction. My question is, if they if they admit that they made a mistake, which I don't know that the admission would be a part of it. If they admit that they made a mistake and go in a different direction, what does that say for future free agents? Because some mistakes cost more than others. And if you're if you are a free agent, an impending free agent, and you hear about what Wilson Contreras is going through, if you hear about what Nolan Arenado, I don't know what he was told that that caused him to opt in. But I don't think he was told that they were going to be twenty games under five hundred. I, I am I, I was not in that meeting, but I can guarantee that that was not the conversation. We're going to stink this year, Nolan. I promise we're going to stink. We're going to be so bad. We're going to finish last in the division. We'll be last, and we'll be 20 games under 500. But stay here. Stick with us. I can guarantee you that was not said in that no, meeting. No. So when you start having conversations and things aren't going the way that they were told to you, now people talk. Conversations are had amongst other players. And as you said, you got to pay more. Who's going to do that? Well, then, when have they shown you that they, they're willing to, to do, do that? And sometimes, even here, when things were at their happiest, when Wainwright and Holiday were trying to keep Jason Hayward here, Jason Hayward didn't want to be here. So it it is what it is. And they, ultimately, their job is to put the nine guys on the field that give them the best opportunity to win. If they think that Wilson Contreras behind the plate doesn't give them the best opportunity to win, then I'm on board with that because I just want to see him win. And I, I don't care about guys' feelings. I just want to see him win. Uh, it, that is your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk some blues hockey. Tori Krug, right? Put the feelings aside. Just move on. Uh, he, we're going to talk to JR about Kruger and more next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. Our buddy, our Blues insider from The Athletic, the one, the only Jeremy Rutherford, has joined us here in studio. Great to have you with us. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't think the hosts from the other shows are listening. So, how's my favorite peeps? There you go. Even if they are, don't worry about it. (laughs) We know that you love us the best, anyways. (laughs) So, uh, let's start with this. What do you think the Cardinals should do with Wilson Contreras? (laughs) Actually, actually, that's why I came in. I was driving from my house to Centene. Practice starts in a little bit, and this is kind of on the way. And I heard Carrie, he's going bananas. Like, I got to get in there and calm Carrie down. Holy smokes. I'm losing it. I am absolutely losing it. They are. It's frustrating, man. I mean, this man has gone through a lot in his first season in, in a Cardinal uniform, and 
to have those reports coming out, I guess, a week before the season ends is, is not even four days before the season ends. Yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah. It and feels I, bad. Yeah, and I, I know bad. there's been a lot of talk about, you know, both sides, you know, are the Cardinals at fault? What about Contreras? Can he do more? But I believe what you're saying, Kerry, like if, if uh, a team signed me to be a sprinter and then I get here and they find out that I'm not a sprinter, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be a little bit frustrated. Hey, what am I going to do? Yeah. But yeah. let's take it to, uh, let's see if we can make a comp here. When the Blues tried to trade Tory Krug, were they telling us we made a mistake and we're moving on? I think so. I think that uh, Doug Armstrong signs that seven-year deal, and they feel like he's a guy who can fit here for the long term, obviously. And then they make that deal three years into it, or try to make that deal at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he, of course, declined it with uh, his no-trade clause. You are admitting a mistake at that point. Now, the Blues could step back and say, wait a minute, we're three years into this thing. He's been banged up. He isn't the type of player that we need anymore. So things have changed mm-hmm. since we signed that contract. I guess that could be your argument. But at the same time, you're looking at a player, Sanheim, with eight years left on the yeah. deal. And you don't know if he's going to be the right fit, but you're willing to, to move Krug just to move him. Yeah, It is interesting because, you know, also before all that happened with Krug, with the moves and stuff, you had Scott Perunovich and them re-signing him. So then it seemed like, oh, they are going to try to move on from Tory Krug because you see them as very similar players. Obviously, age difference, but still similar in size and all that. How do you how do they handle this moving forward with Krug coming back here soon? Obviously, he's been out skating and Scott Perunovich. How do they manage this with those two? Yeah, Brooke, it's it's going to be difficult, I think, because of this numbers game on the blue line. You're talking about eight or nine deep, if you include Kylie Rosen, who, Kerry? My <laughs> guy, Kylie should be Rosen. <laughs> should be involved. My there, guy. You know, when this Krug injury happened, obviously we didn't think it was going to be anything that stretched into November, but you thought maybe he's not ready for the start of the regular season. But it looks like he's going to be ready. He was a... a a practice player yesterday with the group and so he expects to be ready for opening night October 12th meanwhile you have Scott Prinovich who doesn't need to clear waivers so he can be sent down is there room for both of those guys on the roster I'll tell you what they're giving a good hard look at Scott Prinovich playing him again tonight in Chicago with Colton Preco. He's been playing a lot with him here in camp. Are they taking a look at that? Letty and Falk have played a little bit together. Are they looking at that as a potential second pair? Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, Craig Bruby all over Prinovich. It just seemed like he's riding his tail uh, to be a better player in this camp. And I think they're pushing him to, to see what he's got. Can they count on him to be in the top six? Scott Prinovich, I don't think, is a guy that you want to put as your seventh guy. or you know, If you have to, you send him to Springfield. But I think that uh, they're giving him a good hard look right now. Well, and with Scott Prunovich and the Colton Pareko pairing, I think that's very interesting because I think a lot of people would say that Colton Pareko was possibly at his best when he was with Jay Bomeister, that size, having those two together. And there is a size difference between Colton Pareko and Scott Prunovich. Why do you think this pairing could work out possibly? Well, I think it could work because uh, they're both guys who can skate and, and also Pareko really specializes now his role has changed he's back in the d zone you know i did that story a couple weeks ago where i did the listed the d zone starts for colton preco and he's right up there top in the league in terms of d zone starts and that would allow scott prinovich to play his game get up ice now the one thing is i talk about craig bruby being all over scott prinovich recently here in camp is he wants him to move the puck faster if you're going to play that type of game and you're going to be that guy and we're, we're going to put you in a pairing with colton preco we need you to move the puck and he hasn't necessarily in the preseason, he had a good game the first game the other night. Uh, but I think as they as they've looked at him the last game, and then also here in the practices, move that puck quicker. That's what Craig Bruby was emphasizing yesterday. 
Jared, what's the difference? What's going to be the difference from this season's team to last season's team? Because at the end of the year, you you pretty much got a lot of the guys returning from last year's team, a couple of new additions. But what's going to be different from what you saw at the end of the season to, to the beginning of this season? Yeah, Kerry, so off the ice, I'll start right there, and then I'll get to on the ice. Off the ice, I really feel like this has a different feel to it going into the year. Last year, you had Cairo Thomas signing the big contracts. You kind of heard rumblings that some veterans were upset about that, especially when Cairo's not one of your hardest workers. Mm-hmm. You know, Then you have the Tarasenko's got his one foot out the door. What's going to happen with Ryan O'Reilly? There was just a lot going on before you even dropped the puck. And then right. you lose the eight games early on in the season, and it just kind of snowballed. So I, I feel like that's gone, and I feel like there is a good vibe so far in camp. Uh, and then you look on the ice, and I think that you can't do much when you're handcuffed with the long-term contracts. They tried to make the Tory Krug trade, couldn't. So on defense, you're kind of just hoping for something good to happen with this defense and that just last year was an aberration and it's going to come together. You know, I think up front, you're going to count on the same guys, the same top six guys, but you're also looking at a situation where there's a lot of guys in that prove-it mode right. with Kevin Hayes, with Jacob Verana with Kasperi Kappen and those guys. So, you know, how do those situations play out? And then as I wrote the other day, those are some big bodies in the bottom mm-hmm. six on the mm-hmm. fourth. Tory Krug said it the other day after he talked about his situation, you know, with this summer. He Then he, after that he said, man, these bodies, th- this is a big forward group to go right. against. So there wasn't a lot they could change because of the contracts, but I think what Doug Armstrong did change, you know, looks to be pretty promising. If Jake Neighbors can play 72 games this year, what do they expect him to be? Yeah, you know, I was kind of surprised that Craig Bruby a week or so ago kind of labeled him. He said, I see him as an identity player, which I don't disagree with. It's just that I felt he was young enough and hadn't had enough opportunity to maybe be a, a middle six player and show what he can do and play a long stretch. You know, the past couple of camps he's come in, am I going back to junior? Am I going to Springfield? What are they doing? So you get to that situation year three where, okay, let me prove what I can be. And Craig Bruby said, for me, he's an identity player. And they've got him skating on the fourth line mm-hmm. early in camp. So he might, I think he's in the lineup tonight uh, going to Chicago. Maybe he gets an opportunity to play up the lineup tonight. Uh, we're not sure. But if he can play 72 games, to me he's a guy that I, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, Randy, but I think in the next couple years you can – I can see Jake Neighbors being a dependable guy who makes good plays, good decisions, can help you, I think, at least on that third line. Maybe, maybe a 45 point, 15, yeah, maybe 30, 15, climb up 15 goals, 30 assists kind of guy. 15 goals, 30, he can 30. Pass. Yeah, he can, he can. But to me, what when Jake Neighbors' career is over and we look back at what kind of player he was, I think we're always going to look at him as a guy who had a head on his shoulders and put other players, teammates, in good positions and got the job done. It might not always be flashy, uh, but I don't see him as a fourth-line guy who's just going to be an energy guy who can bang and and things like that. I think that he's more than that. Yeah, that was a real issue, I know, late in the career of Ted Williams is having the head on his shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! That's so bad. Different type of head, Randy. Oh! It's a little different being in studio. You can see the joke coming as opposed to being you can see it happening out. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you about this. So The Athletic, you guys have an article out right now, one of your colleagues, Joe Smith, talking about Pat Maroon and how he's the ultimate glue guy, just stories around the league. And we know, we know what Pat Maroon did here in St. Louis, and he will always be a St. Louis legend. And he was a glue guy. You saw that in person. I saw it in person of how he really brought the team together and was like that piece that was needed for that Stanley Cup. 
What, who is the glue guy that you think is for the or is the glue guy for the Blues this season? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. You sit here and think about it. You know, I think that Kevin Hayes could be that guy. I think he's just so well liked, and I don't know a ton about him yet. I'm just going by stories that you hear from his previous stops, and also talking to Matthew Kachuk, who's related to him. He's that type of guy who likes to to bring guys together. Of course, Braden Shen is, but that's kind of uh, you know different tier when you talk about the captain. But yeah, I really do think that uh, that Kevin Hayes could. Be that guy, but I, I just feel like a cloud's been lifted from mm. the locker room, and that's a combination of the things that I said earlier. And 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 so I think that when you you lose a Vladimir Tarasenko, and a lot of people were on edge when he was around, and now you bring in a Kevin Hayes, I, I just think that that is going to put these guys in a better spot is probably going to allow them to play better hockey. So we'll see what Kevin brings on the ice, but I think in terms of bringing him into the locker room, he's already off to a good start. JR, a name that keeps getting brought up. You brought, you talked about Jake Neighbors, but a name that keeps getting brought up is Nick Ritchie. What have you seen from him and, and his, his push to make this team and maybe push someone out? Yeah, it was funny. Uh, I was watching practice yesterday, and Cam Jansen walked in. And as you guys know, I was like, as soon as he walks in, it's like a tornado. Right? <laughs> and he's like, I'm about Richie. I'm about Richie. And I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, uh, but he's got to have that tied down. He's got to have the you know sweater tied down. So he gets in the fight. Nick Ritchie did the other night yeah. after he had the assist. It was a bummer to see him leave after the, you know, in the middle of the second period there. You'd like to have seen if he could uh, continue playing the game that he was. You know, Kerry, I, I like him. I think that he's got a really good chance to make the team. I touched on the fact the other day. You look at this guy, he's 6'3", 236, and that just adds to the size yes. that we're talking about. Like, if you if you take the weight of a projected top, or I'm sorry, bottom six with Nick Ritchie in it, 215, 215, yeah. this is hockey. Yes. Like, that's, that's insane. Um, and it's not that you need somebody to drop the gloves, but what Craig Berube is looking for, as you guys know, you've been talking to Rivers, that uh, he wants them finishing their checks. He wants them playing physical. Ritchie I, does that. I feel like they needed more grit. And last year, I don't feel like they had enough grit on this team. Guys that were physical or physically imposing at times when needed to be. At times, it just felt like they were allowing people to move the puck at will and not really putting bodies on people. So if you have bigger players, you would assume that that's going to add more to that grit and more to that physical presence that that this team needed last year. Yeah, you would assume. You would hope so. I mean, we the roster and look at the height weight all day long, Mm -hmm. and that doesn't necessarily tell you what's going to happen on the ice. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be more important this year then last year, I'm not saying last year wasn't important, more important this year because you get off to the start and Doug Armstrong and Braden Chen are talking about work ethic, yeah. consistency, pride. Well, how can you deliver those three things? Playing that way, right? You know, we're not talking about end-to-end rushes, skill plays, and that's right. how you're going to work on your consistency and your pride. No, it's going to be finishing checks. It's going to be playing hard. It's going to be that night when you're down 3-1, to one, mm-hmm. and it ain't going 4-1 yeah. to one because I'm going to smash somebody, Correct. and we're going to play blue-style hockey. And listen, I've been saying for a couple of years now, Craig Berube can adapt. He can coach a team that has skill players, rush players. He can do that, but at the end of the day, his bread and butter is always going to be playing an aggressive style of hockey, and that's the type of lineup he's got this year. Would you like your last question to be team-related or individual-related? <laughs> you can choose. You can you choose. Can choose. Oh, okay. two here, so you, you got two. Yeah. Uh, let's go individual. Okay. Greg Wyshynski has his 25 breakout stars at ESPN.com. Uh, players poised to become superstars. There's not a blue on the list. What blue is poised to become a superstar? You know what? I'm still going to stick by... Jordan Cairo can be that guy. I, I really am. And and you might, in that situation, 
go with a Robert Thomas because we've mm-hmm. seen it more consistently and we've seen a better all-around game. But I think Jordan Kyron, I talked to him a couple weeks ago for that story, you know, he's put in the time this offseason. It seems like he's got the awareness of where his game needs to go, and we've already seen the talent. I mean, we're talking 37 goals for a guy who everybody considered had a bad season, right? And what's Robert Thomas said so many times already this year? 50 goals. Kyron's mm-hmm. getting 50. He's got that talent. He can be that guy. And you talk to everybody. I've been at the rink a couple times now, and nobody's worried about him advancing and, and being the player that they need him to be. Yeah, and you know, there's going to be nights where he doesn't play defense, and there's going to be nights where he doesn't get back, and the next morning you guys are going to start the show, and it's going to be like, here we go again yep. with Jordan Kyrie. I get it. It's going to happen. That. But big picture, it's not going to happen overnight. I get it. He's 24, 25 years old. Uh, but I think that when you have Craig Bruby and Steve Ott and these guys in your ear, you're going to get to that point. Yeah, he's going to be pretty good. JR, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, we anytime, guys. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise. You don't want to stick around for bird watch? <laughs> you give us your bird you can, watch? You can bird drop in. More than what Where's the button over here? I, wanna, I always want to hit that thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, are we, uh, when, we need the. Uh, they lost last night, so it's a little different. Again? <laughs> Shocking, I know. Uh, can you give them the uh, official one, though, oh, yeah. Matthew? Because of loss. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of bird droppings. I'll listen to it in the car. How, was, how about that? Thank you, brother. Appreciate right. it. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. We do have bird droppings next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. It is time for bird droppings. The Cardinals 20 games under 500, so today we'll call them bird droppings. Uh, they're 19 games out of the lead in the division, by the way. Mathematically eliminated. Mathematically eliminated from uh, finishing in fourth. Mm. Mathematically eliminated from finishing for, from finishing in fourth. Yeah, so that means like they're that. destined to finish in last. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's a good a way to positive, reframe it. Listen, that is the most positive spin I've ever heard on finishing <laughs> dead last in my entire life. That that was that was amazing how you did that. You you could be a, you could you you sure you don't want to do politics? I don't want to do politics. Okay. No. no, I mean you're, you're, the spin was. Thank you. It was right. beautiful. Wonderful. Well done. Thank like you. That. Appreciate that. that. Pretty good. All right, so do we need a bird dropping then? Uh, of course we for do. Yours no. or uh, who's I'll up do, first? You going first? You, uh, you, okay, I'll go. I, you going? I yeah, I'll go ahead and okay. go. I mine though, sadly. What? Is a bird watch. But it's but here's the thing. It's because this player deserves credit because this happened the other day. And you know, I've been a big fan of Thomas Ajaycee this entire season. How about that? How about that? Thomas Ajaycee, I don't know if you guys saw this. A huge congratulations to him. The other day, he became just the fifth player in team history to win the Texas League MVP award. So congratulations Woo-hoo! to Thomas J.C. How about that? And this Come has play. really been one of the best offensive seasons in all of minor league baseball for Thomas J.C. And so I just want to give credit to him. And it's cool. been fantastic. That was a great pickup to get in all this. I'm interested to see when he gets into that conversation of spring training where he could possibly maybe see himself as a part of the Cardinals. I mean, there's a million other long jams, right? Why not just add Thomas to JC to the mix? You're not going to like what I have to say then. What? Because that's wonderful. And now what can we get for him in return? Oh, they're no. Why, where is he going to play? 
Um, they'll find. They're going to put Wilson Contreras in the outfield. They got Tommy Edmond at second base. You got Mason Wynn. You got Brendan Donovan coming back. You got Nolan Gorman that plays the infield. Where? Where? They're going to move somebody around this offseason, possibly. Someone else? And you never know. I'm saying, no, I'm talking about a player in the infield currently. You're going to have to move somebody in order to get a a starting pitcher. So they're going to move some guys around. Also, John Mozeliak also comped uh, Thomas Ajaysi as being like a Brendan Donovan when it came to Mm. versatility in the infield. So injuries happen, things happen. Brendan Donovan already. Yeah, you do yeah, have a Brendan there Donovan. You go. That's what I mean. And so who wouldn't want more <laughs> Brendan Donovans? I, one Brendan Donovan is not enough, right? So you got to have um, a lot more. So just I, want to give credit to him for being the Texas League MVP. That, that, that is, is very fantastic. Good. No, that, honestly, that is awesome. It I mean, is. Very good for him. Very good for the Cardinals. Hopefully we see him. Where he next fits year. into the puzzle. If he so we were talking earlier about uh, Wilson Contreras, and Brad Thompson spoke about the future, potentially, of Wilson Contreras. I think that they're going to have those conversations with Wilson again after the season of, hey, would you be willing to play a corner and DH, and I would say potentially even bring in another catcher, bring in a free agent, and then have either Kisner or Herrera back him up potentially again spitballing but i think that that's kind of well how they would want it to look because look at you you eyeball test he's not great back there um metrics wise they paint an even worse picture and when you have a pitching staff that is struggling and you you are devoid of talent as we've talked about a lot so this is not to lay the the struggles of this pitching staff at the feet of wilson Contreras. i think that we're all smart enough for that that's an intriguing comment. And we yeah. talked about the potential of where Wilson Contreras will be playing, what position he will be playing next year. If you decide to move Wilson Contreras from behind the plate, you are going to have to go and get another another catcher, a veteran mm-hmm. catcher. Because we talked about as great as Andrew Kisner has been this year, this has been his best career year of his career. This has been the best. His 162-game um, average or output would be batting 214, and an average of 214 and an OPS of uh, 6, 618, which is mm-hmm. not great. If you have uh, Avon Herrera, his average over 162 games would be 208 and 533. Not great. Now, maybe they can give you something behind the plate, but we, I thought we signed Wilson Contreras because of what he could give you at the plate. And they said that. And that's what they told us. So this offseason, I said it yesterday, I will say it again today, is going to be in my most recent memory, one of the most important off seasons for the St. Louis Cardinals that I can that I can recall. I don't recall a moment where they had so many things that they had to fix and mm-hmm. get right. Right now, you have four players: Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Mason Wynn, and Jordan Walker. That you know, probably with about ninety ninety five percent certainty, that they are going to be in their positions. Everyone else, I think, is 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 up for grabs. You got a short a, a second baseman that's hurt. You got a DH that's hurt, left field, center field. I don't know. I think Newt is there, but who knows? It's going to be a lot of moving parts for this offseason, and they have to get the pitching staff correct. I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens come come uh, come the offseason. There's going to be a lot of different things. Maybe we play a future game of what position do you think that they will play next season? Who he played for. Mm-hmm. That's what we. That's what they do on NBA inside the NBA. Who he played for. We can do that with the with the roster right now. Who he played for in 24. Where he play at. Where, who yeah, who he played for. Where, where he, he played play at. 24. Who he played for. Uh, 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 let's do it. All right. Guys, I... I... I'm sunshine lollipops today. I'm happy. Oh, I like how nice the Cardinals are. 
Oh, I know where this is going. Junior Carasudo played in a game in 2016. Didn't play in a major league game in 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Back in 23. Give him a chance. Drew Verhagen played in a major league game in 2019. Didn't in 20 or 21. Came back in 22. Cardinals gave him a chance. Selaw played in a game in 2018. Didn't in 19, 20, or 21. Six games for Toronto. And then he's here in St. Louis getting regular time. Pitched in a dozen games. Andrew Suarez. Pitched a game in 2020 in the big leagues, missed 21-22. And then in 23, back with the Cardinals. Barnsey, in the last 13 months, Yakub has been released by the Tigers, the Yankees, the Rangers, and the Phillies. Released by all four of those teams in the last 13 months. But the Cardinals give him a chance. I love the fact that the Cardinals are a second-chance operation. And whether you've been away for a while or maybe you just haven't had the good fortune of not being having been released four times in the last year, the Cardinals are giving you an opportunity. And I really am appreciative of how nice the baseball side of the Cardinal organization is. Yeah. Giving guys opportunities. And then we didn't even get the opportunity for we Wilking, Wilking Rodriguez, who was going to be a key part of our bullpen. I think when I was when I was <laughs> wanting to see players given opportunities, I was thinking like younger players that maybe could factor into both. things for next yeah. season. Not Jacob Barnes, or excuse me, Yakub Barnes, who is 33 years old. Um, it's a little bit different of approach than what I was expecting about giving people opportunities. Uh Miss Taylor Motter, of course. I mean, he got a lot of he got a lot of opportunities this season. Wilking was going to be the key because he hasn't played since 2014 at the major (laughs) league level at at 33 years old. So I'm just uh, you get seasoned once you hit 30. Yeah, you're missing the the most important part of that. 30 is Mm. the the age where you're you're seasoned just perfectly and, and. Prompted and ready to go. <laughs> By the way, uh, Taylor Motter. Like a nice brisket. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Show favorite Taylor Motter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Taylor Motter, 16 games in 2018. 19 and 20, had stuff going on. What was he busy doing? I don't know, but he wasn't in the major leagues. <laughs> 21, he played in 16 games uh, with Colorado and Boston. Okay. 22, he played in a couple of games. And then 29 for the Cardinals. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. He he has played more games for the Cardinals this year than he has in the last five years. Yeah. See, the Cardinals are a second-chance operation, yeah. and I, for one, am appreciative of it. Yeah, close to it. Someone texted in, one, one word reason, lottery. And that maybe that adds to what you're talking about, about them being so kind, is they're thinking about that. They're thinking <laughs> about the draft lottery. Well, that could be. Yeah, and so then you bring in some of these guys like Jakub mm-hmm. Barnes and all that mm-hmm. to think about the lottery. So it is for the fans, right? Now, I hope they realize, just an FYI, pro tip, Cardinals, uh, this isn't the $850 million lottery that's going to be drawn like tomorrow night. No. This is a different one. Uh-huh. This is uh, slightly different, yes. Yeah. So, yes. Good luck with it. Good luck. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm just thrilled. I'm, I'm just thankful that the Cardinals have a nice organization. So I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> That's Birdwatch on 101 ESPN. We've got rock and roll. Head. Matthew, why are you shaking your head? Uh, yeah. There. A lot of <laughs> you nice. Have a problem with people being no, nice? I, just, I think it's, it's a problem with people getting opportunities. It's crazy Randy. to me that it took us five months to go from saying nice players as a, as a way to gloss certain things this? over to a nice organization as a way to gloss things over. You know, they're just a nice I think team. I missed a couple you know, as well. They're just a good I'm, team. I, I'm a, nice they guys. might not be here now, but I think he, I'm pretty... Yeah, yeah he's, I think he's one. I think so, he missed a couple. Okay, so let's put Mercado... Well, Richie, right? Richie. 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 But, Richie. Let's but he's Mer- 26. Okay, so let's just say that we could have had 
Let's play Caracudo at short, moderate third. Who's uh, Mercado in center? Okay. In center? Yeah. Yeah, moderate. What position? Short? Uh, no, Caracudo can play Caracudo short. Caracudo short. Moderate third. Yeah, moderate okay. third. Uh, um, what about Jose Fermin at second base? Oh, strong. Strong. Oh, strong. There you go. You know what? Yeah. You know what? The Cardinals well might not get a win today, but you guys got to win already because there, yeah. no, there is no Cardinals lineup Good. yet, which means you don't have to do the yeah. lineup game. Okay. Do, do we do home run Baker at first? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And then yeah. Mercado in center, yes. Richie in left or right? Uh, and as soon as just, I put him in left. Uh, yeah, I can find another. Hold on. Let as me soon find as another. Randy started doing this droid FX on the YouTube chat, God, this team is depressing. Uh, <laughs> I want to find another. Hold on. Let, we can find some. We, some. we got Let's a second see. here. We need, oh, we forgot Erlo. Oh, Irving Lopez. Irving Lopez. How can we yeah, forget? We forgot about him. How so can he can forget? play third. Yes, he can. Who oh, Trace Pereira. Trace Pereira. As your catcher. He's behind, As the, your plate. Catcher. behind the plate. Okay. Okay, we've we've got it. And then you've got in, in this, um, in you could start. Uh, Do we put Juan Yepes in, in right field? You, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay. And then, <laughs> and then, like, you know, with the pitching and yep. bullpen. Chris Vanderhaas starts. Yeah. Okay. Palante is your, is your closer. We, uh, what about Yacoub, though? See, a uh, long, long reliever. Okay. okay. Suarez lefty. You guys are forgetting the obvious move here. At left field, you Frankenstein together the working parts of Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill to make one full <laughs> left fielder. Okay. That, He'd be good. I like that. Somebody said I uh, like the term junk collectors better. It reminds me, too, with some of the players they brought in, like Antiques Roadshow, right? Like, I, But they haven't maybe exactly struck gold with certain ones. Uh. Unfortunately, no, it's not been great. Well, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I love the second chances. The players are given opportunities. Hell of a lineup. All right, rock and roll next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. So today we've got our uh, Hubbard Radio St. Louis Fall social gathering. And one of the things that I'd like to do at these social gatherings, because we have five stations plus TMA, and I like to go to these things and uh, because it's a social gathering, not talk to anybody, just eat and leave. <laughs> like do? a drive-by, essentially. Just don't like, don't yeah. speak to anyway, right? anyone. Yeah. You, you never not speak. You, you are the, you're a man of the people. I try to be. Yeah. I really do. Everyone and by the way, character. Uh, if if our company's having something where they're catering with pappies, I'm there. Yeah. Oh, Which, yeah. yeah pappies, always... as soon as I saw that, I was like, yep, what time and when do I need to be yeah, here I'm for in. that specifically? Yeah, so, so thanks to our company. They're, they do great things for us. And we're lucky. We know we are because it's not just radio. Companies just don't do this kind of thing. And so no. we have it all the time. We're, we, uh, next week, we've got... Uh, National Taco Day, and we've got a huge mm. taco party going on, so it's going to be pretty cool. Love tacos. I love our that. company. They're great. I was very lucky uh, yesterday. By the way, can I, if anybody wants to challenge me to a taco eating contest next no, Wednesday. No, no, I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm okay. I'm good. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I, maybe, but I'm still you know, trying to get there. wedding ready, so yeah, I don't know if exactly yeah, that's I the best thing. Totally understand. Are they, they going to be soft shell or, or, uh, or hard soft shell? shell. <laughs> Come on. We're soft here. shell. I didn't know. What type of... What? what? We don't control the tacos being brought here on Wednesday, so I'm just saying, which one's it going to be? If it's hard shell, then you know what, Randy? I'll take you on. What do you think, Brooke? I do like soft shell tacos. But can it be a real contest? If it's soft shell tacos, If it's... Yes. Yeah, me too, but I'm just saying. Yes. No, it needs to be... Would Joey Chestnut do it? Contest with soft shell tacos. No, thank well, you. Also, I, I just feel like I can. T- I just feel like personally, I, I get more full when I eat 
the flour tortilla like soft ones instead of like the crunchy ones. And yeah. like, that's my thing is like I'll lose if it's flour tortillas, soft shell. But if it's hard You'll shell lose. tacos, against me, I'm gonna lose too. But it I'm, won't I'm, be as bad. I'm gonna be the judge here. Okay, I want right. to see it. I like this. Gary, I want to get your thoughts. I was lucky enough to jump in with BK and Ferrario when the news I broke heard. yesterday. Damian Lillard yeah. to the Bucks for the honest. We haven't got a chance to talk about it. Your thoughts on the trade? I think it's, uh, I mean, for the whole offseason, all they talked about was him going to Miami. That was the only place he wanted to go for the Milwaukee Bucks to make this decision uh, to get things right for their star player, trying their best to bring in another star to, to uh, go alongside of Giannis, I thought that was a great, great deal for them. Um, and you have to assume that Giannis is going to be there uh, for a lifer. He's a lifer there. I, a I lifer. think he's going to re-sign a, a huge contract in the, in the near future. And I'm just excited now because Dame Lillard getting out of Portland, oh. it, it, he did a fantastic job there, but only could do so much. They they let C.J. McCollum leave. Like, that was his, his, his 1B while he was there. And so now... He has another guy that he can play with. This is going to be the best player he's ever played with. And so I'm excited to see what it, what, what it looks like. One of my favorite NBA commentators, uh, Nikias Duncan, tweeted out. He goes, Dame's going to see Brooke Lopez contest two shots in one possession and start crying. <laughs> because gonna... they would let up 130 points per game yeah. like by, by pace adjusted stats. It was ridiculous how bad the defense one was in the Trailblazers. I love that. And I do also love things getting figured out in, in Phoenix. You get Aiden out, you bring yeah, Nurkic yeah. to still be that big body in the middle. I'm really interested to see how that works now with Phoenix. What does Aiden become if he if he's a focal point? Can Aiden be any good at all? I, I don't know. I thought it was weird yeah. how the, the playoffs played out. Was it last year or two years ago when he two years ago. just yeah. wasn't well, – this is the finals, correct? He just kind yeah, of – Yeah, he didn't get along. How do you – Come in the finals. Yeah. In the finals, we can settle. We can we can fight. Af- we can literally fight mm-hmm. after the finals is over if that's what we need to do. But for this time, you you don't get many opportunities to play in a championship to have a chance to win a championship. You got to put all those things aside. And I thought that was strange how that played out. Wasn't surprised that they didn't win because of what was going on. Yeah. But I don't know what DeAndre Ayton is going to be uh, for the future. It's, but I'm with you, uh, Matthew. The the depth that Phoenix acquired. They needed depth after making the trades for for Bradley Beal and then uh, having to give up so much. So it'll be interesting to see what they're capable of in, the, in that. That conference is going to be wild. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, Matthew. Pleasure. It's our producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Brooke, so you're. I, I totally understand that you don't want to challenge me in a. It's a great excuse. I mean, I I, I feel like I, I could is the thing. And <laughs> I, don't, but I don't know if I should. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Yeah. I would love to see it. You you three can do it. I'll be the judge. I, I love I think eating. Brooke so. might be sneaky. You, yeah, you might, might be, be. You might be. You might put yourself in a position you can't. Well, I am yeah. competitive. There I do want to do it. National Taco next Wednesday, CD. Show your face. We want to see your face. Who's saying that? You want to see my face? Hey, T-Mac and Ajax coming up with a balloon party next. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us. Until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great Friday Eve, everyone. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.